We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, Rotor Grinders? Dean here at Steen 7904. If you want to get all technical, I mean, it's 10 10 on the East Coast, 7 10 on the West Coast, 9 10 Tennessee time, which of course means it's time for the flagship show here at Rotor Grinders. It's called It's called Grinders Live. We're talking football for the next three hours. Get comfortable, taking you guys all at the lock. We're batting first. Myself, Grant, and Beer. We'll introduce them in a second. Of course, following us, Toe Tag and Tambo. And Christopher Jamino is going to be all over that show as well, too. And you guys stick around and watch that show, and it's free. It's not premium. There's a premium show that was recorded earlier today with SDL Cards, Dan Bach, and Tip and Pick from Football Guys. Listen to that. I was checking it out before the show. It's good stuff. It's good times for sure. And then the last show of the day, taking you guys off the lock, is Kevin Roth hosting it along with Creighton and Tuttle. Hey, uh, Beer Makers fan, how, is, uh, how, how are things in your world? How are we looking at the, as far as week three? We're excited. Are good. Think, oh, yeah. I mean, another, another Sunday of football, Dean. We got to be excited. So, re- ready to rock. This is a fun slate. Uh, overview of this slate. FanDuel, you can pretty much do whatever you want. DraftKings, a little tougher. We're lacking on studs, obviously, with some injuries. Guys playing on Sunday night, Monday night. So, uh, just going to look for ways to get off of some of the heavy-owned guys this week. Uh, some of the information out there. Uh, let's see. Devontae Adams is currently questionable. Most likely not going to give it a go. We shall see. Of course, that's a later game. Uh, Julio Jones is a game time. Uh, Gallaudet expected to play, although he kind of like implied that he wasn't necessarily 100%. Judy's banged up. And He's to toying play. with you. <laughs> Darren Waller and Jacobs both for Oakland. Oh, I did it. There it is. It's Vegas. They're both expected to play as well, too. Of course, San Fran's all beat up as well. And, yeah, there's all, Kittle, all of the best tight ends, three best tight ends in the league. Andrew's not, not on the main slate as well as Travis Kelsey. What's up, Grant? How are things uh, – out there in Colorado, eight ten. Well, I guess I should do the math now. Eight twelve local time. Now that we've been on the air for a couple minutes, yeah, they're going good. I'm ready to make so much money this weekend. I'm gonna be rich. I'm gonna be able to go out to Sizzler before they close down. Yeah, huh? life is good. I thought you were already rich going into today. Is that not true? Is, it's, does today hinge on if you're rich or not? Well, it depends on what your your threshold for rich is. <laughs> I am sizzler-ish, I'll put it that way. You're sizzler. Can you order like an app and a dessert? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, as long as there's the deal, three for 20. Is that a sizzler deal? I can't. You don't know this for sure. I think that was an Applebee's deal. Like you you share an app and then you get an entree and a dessert. Okay. Two for 20. Three different <laughs> courses. All right. Oh, hold on here. Sizzler really still a thing? I mean, 
It's a go-to reference that I think was from a movie, but well, I, I know that. I'm it, saying, it, does, it, it, does it does it actually still exist? It might be closing now. Okay. I mean, I get the reference. We going sizzler. <laughs> we going sizzler. I got uh, that. They declared bankruptcy six days ago. Okay. Oh no! That's wow. So we just missed out. I mean, they declared bankruptcy. It could be Chapter Seven. It could be Chapter Eleven. It could be restructuring, or they could be out of business permanently. Well, chat's going to chime in on this. What's up, chat? What's up, YouTube? We're going to talk about this late in just a second, obviously. Uh, we didn't really talk much defenses. Whatever we don't talk about, we'll be covered in the next three hours. So if you don't want the same show over and over and over again. And you know, the, the Tambo and Jimino show really focuses on lineup building and lineup structure and all that. It's definitely worth watching. I want to watch that with Jimino. He, uh, he crushes the ownership report with Hanson. I don't know if you guys, if you guys are premium members, you should listen to that as well. Hanson, I believe, got at least one. At least one ticket this weekend as far as to a live final. Creighton, who does the the, the show up on the lock, she uh, she got her tickets, I think, week one. So lots of people getting their live final tickets uh, on layaway. Uh, we do want to mention, before we get going, before we start digging in, uh, there is no better place to get in all the action than on DraftKings, leader in one-day fantasy sports, to add to this week's excitement. DraftKings has millions of dollars in total prizes up for grabs. If you haven't tried DraftKings yet, why haven't you? Head to the App Store now because you don't want to miss this. Draft your lineup now and feel the sweat like never before. Every pass, every play, every catch means everything more when it comes to drafting as we play over there. It's simple. Pick up your lineup. Uh, stay under the salary cap. See how your, st- your team stacks up against the competition. Nothing adds more to excitement as far as watching the games than uh, having a shot at a million dollars in the line. And, of course, DraftKings has paid out more than tw- – uh, they they paid out billions since 2012 – Download the DraftKings app now. How have you not downloaded this already? But if you haven't, uh, use the promo code DFF for a limited time, and uh, new users can get a shot at millions of dollars in prizes this very week. The lock starts, what, in less than three hours? Don't miss out on week three action. Again, the promo code DFF to get a free shot at millions of dollars in prizes with your first deposit. One more time, DFF, that's the promo code at DraftKings. Make it rain Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. I was checking out their Millimaker today. It's not full just yet. We have about, let's do some UCF math, about 70,000 spots still waiting to be claimed, about two hours and 45 minutes into lock, obviously. All right, give me the screenshot as far as this slate before we break it down position by position. Beer, you go first. I, uh, I assume you're going to lead with the Dallas Cowboys and the Seahawks of Seattle. Oh, somebody's muted. Oh, somebody's muted. Fired. Oh, I mean, I just want to make you feel better, Dean, for last week. So, uh, Wait, can we talk about Ryan Fitzpatrick first? No, we cannot. Let's move to the game that we actually <laughs> want to talk about, and that is Seattle and Dallas. Dean, you nailed it. I think that's a good st- spot to start, uh, especially a quarterback. I think you can go with either of these guys. We saw the upside for Russ through the air. We've seen the upside for Dak on the ground. Uh, the total is, is approaching 60 in this game, so – uh, those two guys don't need a lot of analysis. If you can make it work, you want to go there. That's where you want to plant your flag. Uh, no issues with going in that game. And stacks galore. I mean, you can stack it up a million different ways. You can stay away from that game like a lot of people did last week. Uh, I'm going to be attacking that game, just trying to get creative elsewhere. Uh, have plenty of exposure to it this week. Grant, this is Daily Fantasy Sports. We care about today and today only. We don't care about the Dolphins on Thursday. Talking about today's slate, what are your thoughts? Uh, today's slate, yeah, you obviously start off with the Seattle-Dallas game. And then you can go from there. But uh, honestly, I don't think it's nearly as much of a lock as people believe it to be. Like everyone's just assuming that's going to be just complete shootout because we had a few of those already. But a lot of those were 
well, one of Dallas's games and one of Seattle's games was against Atlanta, if I remember correctly. And so it's not a stone cold lock to shoot out. There are multiple other high total games. I mean, Detroit versus Arizona is a 55 total. Um, Chicago, Atlanta is a 47 total. I think that's too low. We have a lot of high total games on this slate. So I don't think it's an absolute lock and load just to go with Seattle. I think there are other places you can look, especially at quarterback, because we know that the running backs in Seattle and in Dallas can do a lot of the work. Yeah, I'm pulling up uh, as far as the you know the snap, snap count and all that kind of stuff. Dallas has been the fastest team in all of football by, I think, three or four seconds as far as a neutral situation. So they, they want to play fast. Their coach, they asked him about it, and he said, we want to score as many times as possible. We want to score as fast as possible. Seattle has been one of the slower teams, and, you know, the whole question of are they going to let Russ cook? Is he going to cook? He's been cooking so far this year, obviously. That game is super interesting. One of the one of the lines that have been just kind of jumping up uh, as the week has progressed was the Green Bay-Minnesota, which, like, earlier in the week is – no, not Green Bay-Minnesota. It's Minnesota and Tennessee. Uh, and it's pretty clear who, like, if things go well, if they're scoring points, where the fantasy points are going to go. So I think it's an interesting pivot we'll kind of talk about uh, as the week progresses. And of course, Henry last week was a, uh, was a bust as, as a chalk play and he's being neglected. He's being ignored because like, Hey, we live in the world. And he's in a better game. spot. He's in a phenomenal spot. Uh, and it's just, just other plays that make more sense from a optimal lineup building, you know, perspective. But of course this is not, you know, the games are played out at Sim just one time. It's one simulation and Henry can go for one fifty and two touchdowns. Wouldn't surprise any of us. Uh, just want to say, Oh, chat's cracking me up. They're picking on your boy Cardi. That's supposed to be your job, Grant. You're having fun with Eric Cardi in the chat, who happens to like some of the Jets. And the no, Jets are fl- they are playing football today, in theory, uh, and they are super cheap, and there's not a lot of them. But you know, they're not expecting us to score a lot of points either. Currently, a 17-point total. But on DK, I was looking at some of them, and it's very squeamish, squeamish as far as playing some. It's uh, I-, I have a feeling you're going to play a Jet or two, and we'll talk about it as we progress. But open up as far as quarterbacks, Grant. Uh, oh, like and subscribe and smash that like button. We much appreciate that. That does help Neil Analytics here uh, on the YouTubes. Uh, Grant, what do you have for me as far as quarterback? I guess we have to start with Murray. Murray is super, super chalky as far as cash games. We, I don't think we need to give the cash games feel. Play them in your cash games. What are you doing with them in tournaments? Uh, I'm probably like – it's all game script dependent. I am largely fading Murray in tournaments. I will not fade Wilson and Dak fully in tournaments. I just don't think that's the way to do it, but I am full game stacking them every single time I'm using them. Just there's too many other options, and if they go off with their price tags – Chances are it means everyone else is going off, but I think there are a lot of lower-owned quarterbacks that you can definitely go with because if you go outside of the top three, everyone's coming in at single-digit ownership and some low single-digit. So I'll start off with a guy with a 25.25 implied team total, Matt Stafford, coming at 2.8% ownership, one of the highest totals of the week. Arizona's defense has been good so far this season, but he's getting Galladay back. Yes, he may be injured. He may not be injured. He may be toying with us. I don't know. I don't care, but Stafford is still a decent quarterback. He has some options to throw to now. He has not paid off well so far this season, but 33 and 42 pass attempts in the two games so far this season. I'm expecting something similar here. I think it's going to be a fascinating game. I think that Stafford's probably going to crush. Trubitsky, a guy who's terrible but consistently (laughs) – multiple times a year puts up massive games he has not put up a massive game yet he's only had 24 and 15 points but he's going up against Atlanta which anyone can score on does not matter what kind of quarterback you are but Trubisky is coming in there at 1.9 percent ownership he's 5.7k he's far far too cheap there I really like him Josh Allen 
always in play. The league leader in passing yards, if you will, Josh Allen. Uh, the weather's not great in there, so it's not the best spot in the world. Gusts of 15 to 20 mile an hour winds pretty much the entire game. So you can go with him, but a uh, guy that I don't think many people are going to be on, and he had 300 yards passing last week, Justin Herbert. I know that people think they're probably going to run the ball because they ran the ball a lot last week, but there's no guarantee Carolina can win this game. Chargers are a pretty decent favorite, but Carolina's defense is young. It's inexperienced. Herbert is kind of an unknown, and he's sitting at 5.9K, 2% ownership. Herbert's one of my favorite plays in terms. Yeah, I feel like the Chargers can kind of shred the Carolina however they want to. We might see Eckler and Kelly run the ball for 20 times combined, or 40 times combined, uh, or maybe they unleash Herbert. That was so weird. Like, he looked great in his first game, and allegedly the story is he didn't know he was playing until like five minutes before the game because the the team doctor gave, uh, what's his name, uh, a shot, Ty God, uh, a shot, and he, like, what, he hit his lung or something like that. Punctured his damn lung. Like, oh. If you didn't want to be, if Tyrod wasn't your quarterback, you didn't have to do it that way. You could have just said, hey, we're going with Herbert. Instead, uh, they had to puncture the guy's lung to get rid of him. So uh, I agree on Herbert there. That's a good call. I, I love Kelly and Eckler. I'm going to have a bunch of them. But uh, Herbert, a guy that's going to go over, look, looked great last week. Looked like he belonged. I know there was a lot of uh, worries. Can he play in this league? Is he ready? And uh, certainly showed he can. And he, he gets a great matchup here at Carolina. All right, Beer, give me your thoughts as far as Murray. We're seeing 22% owned as far as our current ownership projection. These are fluid. Uh, the closer we get the lock, the more refined they become. Of course, he's the that's I think that's the biggest number we've seen all year as far as tournament projection for, for quarterbacks. Usually it's pretty uh, pretty spread out. Uh, but 22% is a pretty good number. I, I rounded up 21.9%. I believe this is on the screen as well, too. Feel free to take a look at uh, a peek behind the curtain to some degree as far as the ownership stuff. And, hey, you can use the promo code. Devin's going to go ahead and drop this for the people. You get $5 off uh, Core 4. If you guys don't have RG Premium, $5 off your first month. Feel free to use that link, and you can use this at your own leisure. If you don't want to look at ownership, you can look at something else. By all means, it's all yours. Have at it. Uh, Beer, talk to me about Murray. Are you going to be over or under in tournaments? And then let's get to the, you know, Seattle and, and when you know, that Prescott and Wilson. We're seeing a huge total in that game, a little bit more expensive as far as Murray on DK. Uh, they're both expected somewhere in ownership in the team somewhere. Are we pivoting the quarterbacks there? And, of course, Grant mentioned Trubisky, who's kind of interesting. He's been good so far. He's in a dome. He's got a nice matchup. And I don't think he's great, but I think today that's all we care about. I think today he's going to be perfectly fine. Your thoughts on some of the dudes that uh, Grant threw out there? Start with Murray. So, Kyler, I'm fine going underweight on. I mean, if you want some exposure, it obviously makes sense. A huge team total there. Great matchup with Detroit. But the beauty is, Dean, we have a lot of places that we can pivot to. Uh, the Seattle-Dallas game, easy. We talked about that. I prefer Dak there. I think he'll go a little lower owned. Uh, then Russell Wilson. A lot of ways you can pair him up and get creative there. Uh, the guy I want to bring up here that I think has the ceiling of all these guys that, that uh, is going to be under 10% owned is Cam Newton. I mean, we've seen – Back-to-back weeks. Uh, week one on the ground destroyed Miami. Week two, he looked great through the air against Seattle, which we haven't been able to say much about Cam Newton. So if he's giving you that dual threat, we know he's their goal line back. They're not going to trust Sony Michelle. No James White again. So uh, he gives you the same level of upside that Kyler, Dak, and Russ give you at a fraction of the ownership here. So he's the guy I like pivoting to just for that ceiling. Uh, a lower-owned guy kind of in the Stafford vein that Grant brought up. To me, it's Carson Wentz, uh, and for a few reasons. Yes, he's looked terrible, but it's a nice leverage off of some of the Miles Sanders ownership, which we're going to talk about. I love the spot for Sanders, and I'm going to have a bunch of them. But Carson Wentz, against this defense, this is the week he gets it going. So uh, he's a guy that I like stacking up with Jackson, with Ertz, with Goddard, a combination of those three. 
against this team. And again, what's his own 2% owned on, on Carson Wentz, 3%. Uh, I think this Philly offense really gets it going today. Yeah, Cam uh, looks revitalized for sure. Love the quarterbacks that have legs. Um, he's been running a ton. Uh, we didn't mention White's going to be out once again after the tragedy in his family. That's just awful news for him. Uh, are, are you playing Newton naked? Are you playing with Edelman? Are you playing with Harry? What are you doing there? I'm fine using him naked. Uh, I have more lineups without somebody. If I'm going to pair him, uh, it's going to be Edelman. I mean, we, we saw the connection last week. We, we saw him get targets down the field, set a career high in receiving yards. So uh, if anything, I, I, I'm still not believer in, in Nikhil Harry. I don't think you need to go there today. Uh, you'll get him low owned, but if anything, it's Edelman. But perfectly fine rolling him out and, and stacking up a, a different game without using a quarterback. We'll talk about it as far as the cheap receivers. I think Harry's at least in the conversation on DK where the cap's a lot tighter. You don't need him oh, yeah. nearly as much uh, on Fandle. And last week, I loved the cheap guys. It didn't work out, but like I loved all the 4K guys. Like I, it was hard to pick which one I wanted, and a lot of them were just landmines. It didn't kind of work out for us. Uh, feel free to jump in here, Grant. Yeah, I know you threw out some guys. Uh, your thoughts on Wentz, who we're seeing it with 3.8% ownership right now. Uh, basically, you know, if you like these guys, just play them. Cam is at 7.4%. is the fourth highest projected owner, owner quarterback. Allen, another guy with legs at 5%. Uh, Matt Ryan, he's got to get there via like three, three, 303. He can do that, uh, but he's not going to get there with his legs. Uh, thoughts as far as the dudes that have been thrown out, and feel free to you know add somebody else to the conversation. I really like Wentz, really like Newton. I like both those calls by beer there. Um, I have a decent amount of ownership in each. Outside of that, there's still just not a ton. My quarterback pool is fairly narrow today. If you want to take a shot, I think Roethlisberger is worth a shot in tournaments, pairing him up with Johnson or with Juju. Either one of them can go off for a decent day. But like I said, there's not a ton else to go with at quarterback. I think this is my narrowest quarterback field of the year. I'll be playing some guys that I already said. Um, I'm looking through. There's just no one else I really want to go with. Yeah, I mean, I was looking at Cousins, and I'm like, I just feel like I can just play Thielen, and, like, I have Cousins mostly covered, I think. I just don't want to play Cousins. They don't want to throw the ball. Like, if they have their druthers, they just run the ball for basically every single down. But uh, I think Thielen's kind of interesting. For I like playing Thielen and, and Henry together. I think it's a yes. fun idea in that game. Because, it's a, yeah, it's a high total, right? And we kind of sort of know if, the, if it, you know, the scoreboard's lit up, we kind of know where the points are coming from, right, I think. Yeah, I love that correlation. I, I have that a bunch, actually. And I do want to – Tannehill is definitely viable here. I mean, we keep kind of dismissing him. He keeps putting up numbers. You know, we, we ask, can he, can he continue the efficiency? You mentioned that total, Dean. It's jumped a lot. I mean, it's rare to see a total jump uh, that many points. So let's not forget Tannehill. And, again, easy to stack. You, you can go Corey Davis. You can go John U. Smith. Uh, but I do love that Henry and Thielen correlation. I don't think you need to go Kirk Cousins. I agree uh, 100%. There's other guys with way more upside, uh, not necessary to go there. But I'm with Grant. We, we've really hit on all the guys that I'm playing. You know, it's the Seattle-Dallas guys. Uh, you got to decide on Kyler. I'll have some, but I'll be under the field. I love Cam Newton, love the Wentz stacks, and mixing in a little bit of Tannehill for me. Famous last words. I'm with Grant. Uh, by the way, it is interesting. Johnson and Juju, I was looking at the, the DK Sportsbook, and I know – historically, you know, the player uh, props aren't the sharpest. I think they're getting sharper. Grant, you could probably speak to that because I know you've been playing these and they're getting more and more popular. So I would imagine they're adjusting and paying more attention. And, of course, that you get capped on it. But I'm not sure if you notice this, Grant, you're looking at this as far as the, the receivers for Pittsburgh. Deontay Johnson's got an over of 64 and a half and Juju's got an over of uh, 61 and a half. Thoughts? I mean, that's kind of – Johnson has been getting just a huge workload so far this season. 
Juju has not actually gotten that big of a workload. I mean, part of it's been matchup, part of it's been game flow, part of it's been all sorts of numbers of things, but Johnson's not get or Juju's not getting a huge, like huge long downfield throws. He's more of a red zone threat. Yes, he could have a big game at any given time, but Pittsburgh's defense is so good that Houston's probably going to struggle to put up points a bit. So I don't know if I like the over on either of those. If anything, I like the over more on Johnson just because of his massive amount of targets. I know Big Ben's been working with him a lot later on this week, trying to build a connection with him. But Juju, honestly, I don't I don't know if he's going to get there just strictly because of volume. Yeah, I was just thinking – I just thought it was interesting because, you know, most people think of Juju as the one and Johnson as the two. But like you said, that hasn't been the case. And I don't want to say you surpassed him already, but it's just sort of interesting how Vegas has adjusted to it. Do you have any thoughts in general as far as player props? You've been playing that. I know you're playing all your stuff, but is that something you've been kind of working your way into as well? Not yet today. Um, I've mostly been doing spreads and stuff like that and DFS. I guarantee before lock I'll have a decent amount of props out there, but as of right now, not a not a ton that I'm looking at. After I got slaughtered by Jacksonville overs on the wide receivers once Chark was out. <laughs> oh, that, was, that didn't uh, work out. Yeah, they, they just didn't have any I mean, cards, right? I mean, I hit basically. I, I lost a small amount of money. I hammered the over on both receptions and yards. Receptions hit for both uh, Cole and the other guy, and receiving yards didn't was one yard off. Conley was wide open down of. the field. Let's it's just DFS. Let's not worry about that. You know, we, we care about today and today only. But we should have had a touchdown for Conley. But that's a uh, that was Thursday night. Let's jump to uh, let's jump to running backs where I think it's pretty clear what your running back pool is for tournaments. Miles Sanders, the price didn't jump enough. Uh, J- Jonathan Taylor, the price is now 7K on DK. That's a legit price, but the matchup is just amazing, and he got all the usage in the world last week. We weren't really sure what the split was going to be with him and Hines, and he basically got everything. Uh, Arizona, we love today as a team. If you want to get everything in Arizona, uh, Drake is in the conversation. If you have the salary, it's tricky, especially on DK, but Elliott is well-positioned to smash once again. Uh, and now at Buffalo, Moss is out, so Singletary is pretty cheap, and you got to assume – you know, a large portion of that backfield is going to be his. Mike Davis in there for CMC. Obviously, he's not going to be a CMC, but we stress volume. Volume is very important. But, uh, Beer, all these running backs are in the conversation uh, to some degree, various degrees, as far as my cash game. I- I'll say this. Let's just start with this. I think, especially from your cash game, you want to be different in tournaments for sure. By all means, go for it. Put a wide receiver in your flex. But uh, there's an opportunity to cost a running back today, and your flex and your optimal lineup should be a running back. Agree or disagree? Absolutely agree. I think your running back pool should cons- in cash games should consist of some combination of Sanders, uh, Taylor, Zeke, uh, and Drake. Now there's pivots off of that in tournaments we're going to talk about, but uh, those four guys are highly owned for a reason. You know, a lot of people say they're chalk, they're bad plays because they're highly owned. They're chalk because they're in great matchups here, guys that are going to get the ball a ton uh, through the air on the ground. So uh, in cash games, those have to be your guys. I mean, if there's a, we'll add a few guys in here, but uh, I don't see any reason you don't play three running backs this week. You're not paying ten thousand. You're not having to jam them in. It's very easy to get these guys in and still build a lineup with plenty of floor and plenty of ceiling. Yeah, you're gonna want to de- uh, jam in Hopkins. We'll talk about him soon enough in your cash games. But uh, beer, how do we, uh, you know, go, go through them? Like Sanders, I think is probably the best of the bunch when you consider price and consider opportunity. Uh, DK specific, really good price on Fanduel, really good price on Yahoo as well. Um, He's the ownership is reflecting that he's seen right now as far as the highest ownership protected running back on DK at 37.2%, Taylor at 29%, Drake at 25%, and Elliott at 20 
Singletary with the late news in Buffalo at 17%. Uh, do you know who you're playing in cash? Or I'm, I'm just going to be playing combinations. I play more than one cash lineup. Uh, they're all basically the same core, but I'll be shuffling guys in and out with two V2s. Can you take a stand as far as your favorite when you consider everything? Sanders is my favorite in cash games. Now, tournaments, you talked about 38% ownership. That's a pretty high number that we can get off of that number uh, and go to different spots and not have to worry about that. So uh, he's easily my favorite in cash. So just we saw him come in, dominate the touches here. The Cincinnati defense, absolutely terrible. He's going to catch some passes through the air. I'm expecting a bounce back here from this offense as a whole. That helps him out as well. You know, if we, if we get a better Carson Wentz, now the defense has to respect that. And maybe he has more running lanes there. So uh, out of that group, he's my favorite. But it's, it's hard to not like any of these guys, to be honest, especially uh, in your cash games. They're just too cheap. I mean, 7K for Taylor, yeah, the price is up there. But that's not as high as this price is going to go. Sanders should be 7,500 at least. Uh, even Zeke at 83 feels a little bit too cheap. All right, uh, Grant, are you, are you taking any bold stands as far as these guys? Sanders, Taylor, Drake, Elliott, Singletary, anybody you're going to be significantly over, significantly under as far as the ownership? I mean, tournaments, I'm probably going to be significantly under on Zeke. I'm probably going to be significantly under on Drake, Sanders, and Taylor. Uh, to me, there's real easy pivots. So Chris Carson, we currently have pegged at 11% ownership. We know that it's kind of been Russ's game so far this season, but his snap count went up drastically last week. I really like Carson here. He can absolutely take over the role or take over a lot of the points that people are expecting Russ to get. It's a perfect leverage play. He's priced at 6.6K. He's a perfect pivot off of Sanders, who isn't guaranteed to have a great game. Yes, he was good last week, but there's no guarantee that he's going to be really good again this week. He's probably going to get a significant workload, but we don't know what's going to happen. Zeke, everyone's going to be on him. Easy pivot, Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry's coming in at around 7%. He was the uber chalk last week, and he's in just as good of a matchup this week. Minnesota's run defense has been good. They're giving up a lot of yards every single week. Henry has 25 and 31 rushing attempts over the last two weeks. And we say we want a guy that likes to catch the ball out of the backfield. Look at everyone else's numbers. Yes, Sanders had seven targets, but Drake's not getting a ton of targets. Taylor, just because of the game script, had a bunch of targets against Jacksonville, but didn't have that many versus Minnesota. And Zeke, yes, he's the focal point of that offense, but it can go any number of different ways. So I really, really like Henry. I probably am going to be close to him in every single one of my lineups over on DK. Right now, I think I have 80% exposure to him, and I think it might go up from there. So Derrick Henry, absolutely smash spot here, and he's going to draw no ownership. I get he's worse in September, but the volume is there, the talent is there, and the matchup is absolutely there. So swapping off of Zeke to Henry is a fantastic play. Singletary, I don't think he's going to draw that much ownership, and I think that he's a great play. The wind out there, they're probably going to run the ball more. Singletary was definitely a good running back last year. He expect him to do the same this year. Connor, I think, is a great pivot off of Sanders, too. No one wants to use him. Everyone saw Snell in that offense in week one. They saw the Connor injury. He's going to come in at a super low ownership, but he's the workhorse in this backfield. Even if Snell is there, Connor's going to get the majority of the workload. He's only 6.7K, and he's coming in at low ownership. And then one last guy that I really, really like is Gibson. Yes, the game script really doesn't play to him, but a snap stamp snap count increased drastically last week. I expect it to be him to be the workhorse back in it. He's sitting at 4.7K, 2% projected ownership. He's going to be heavily involved in this offense. We're not guaranteed that Cleveland is going to win by a lot. Washington can absolutely keep this close, and they can hammer it on the ground. Gibson is one of the best tournament plays on the entire day. 
I'm not sure how many likes are at right now, but according Devin in the chat has promised the people grant, and I don't know if you can fulfill this promise, but you will chug a gallon of milk if we get to a hundred likes. I mean, is that something you're willing to pay off? Oh, come on, people. We got we gotta see this. Is this I, 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 I've done that many times. We've tried that many times before. It does not, not work out well. Yeah, that never yeah. ends well. I yeah, have yeah, milk was I've not a good choice. I, I, I would I would still like to see the attempt. Come on, let's get them likes. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know what we're at, but smash, caress, cuddle, do whatever you want with the like button. Just make sure that thumb goes up. Uh, I don't know. You say everybody's going to play Elliott. I don't. I think people are going to play the receivers first, I think. Uh, Elliott, by the way, if you were looking at the box score, he lost three touchdowns. Uh, just like one he got, it was actually in the box or not in the box. They called a touchdown, took it back, and then Dak siphoned all three. I think he ran three from like the inside the one. I assume Smith is going to be out once again, the stud offensive lineman for what it's worth, but I think Elliott is going to be lower owned than Taylor, Sanders, and Drake. I love him. Uh, and I love, I love the Carson play as well, too. And we're seeing Henry right now at 7.4% ownership. It's just amazing. I know he kind of he busted last week. He didn't score a touchdown, but the touches were there. And, like, you're right as far as that matchup. It's on the turf. And Minnesota is a good defense in name only. Just on people's brain, they think of, like, Minnesota. That's a good defense. They're not anymore. They are terrible. This is not your friend of three years ago's Minnesota Vikings. This team is awful defensively. Uh, yeah, I, I want to definitely get over that 7.4%. We're seeing a, his prop is over 100. His prop is telling us he's going to hit the DK bonus, get those three points at 102 and a half. I know we didn't get there last week. The touches were there. They'll be there once again. Um, yeah, Beer, what do you have for me? And also in the same game, we sh- we're talking about Thielen. What about Dalvin Cook, who has the potential to go like 150 and two? So let me hit on Grant pretty much hit on all, all the guys that I like his pivots love Derrick Henry. I mean, Dean 61 carries and this guy's not found the end zone yet. So that that's going to yeah. change here sooner rather than later. And this could be a two. Why would you think that game. is it because he's the biggest guy on the field every single time he takes the field? There you well, go. He's not. Have you seen offensive linemen? He's, no, he's close. no, I don't. He's, he's, linemen's he's are irrelevant. There. That's right. We don't care about them linemen. So I love that. We talked about the correlation. You know, you run it back with Adam Thielen on the other side and pretty much capture all the Minnesota passing work. You know, there's not many other guys that are going to do any damage. James Conner, absolutely love him today. Home favorite. Gets to capture back in that offensive line, which is huge. Uh, nobody's talking about him. Everybody's afraid to play James Conner. I am playing a ton of James Conner and love the Carson call as well. Everyone's going to be on the receivers, the quarterbacks we've already talked about. Uh, love him. Let me add a few guys here. Loved all three of those pivots, but both Chargers guys. I mean, we saw Josh Kelly uh, get 23 touches in that last game. Uh, he's going to have his opportunities once again here against Carolina and Austin Eckler. I, I think there's room for both of these guys uh, to do well. So we talked about the passing game, but these two guys are in great spots. Carolina historically bad uh, yeah. against the run here. I mean, it, it's not even, I mean, it's terrible. They, they are that bad. So uh, those guys could go overlooked. There's just so many options, but uh, pretty easy to to get off of the chalk running backs in tournaments. Get your exposure in cash games. Get enough Miles Sanders in there, whoever you want to play. But uh, tournaments, I, I agree with the calls Grant had, and these Chargers guys stand out to me as options as well. Let's talk about uh, – I feel like in another week it would be a little more interested, but this week not so much for whatever reason. But the situation in San Francisco as far as their running backs, they're down to uh, you know McKinnon and Wilson basically. Uh, McKinnon is a stud. I think he's a good from efficiency. Obviously, he's had some severe injuries. He was out, I believe, all last season. They did sign him and give him some money. They're without Coleman, and they're without Mostert. Uh, they're without their starting quarterback. They're without Kittle. They're facing the Giants. Uh, again, I feel like another week where there's not a big opportunity cost, and it's kind of hard to figure out who's going to get the you know, the delegation as far as the touches, McKinnon and Wilson. I don't think either one of them is going to be a workhorse, but 
any interest? You guys have any interest in McKinnon or Wilson? Either one do anything for you guys? For me, it's site dependent. I, I like McKinnon more on DraftKings. You know, he's going to be more involved in the passing game. I, I don't think he's going to get a ton of work on the ground. Uh, the carries are obviously going to go up from the three that he's gotten. But uh, Wilson's a guy like on Fandle. I mean, we've seen this guy come in uh, and be a touchdown vulture many a times, even with some of those other guys healthy. So uh, on those different sites, that, that's kind of the way I'm playing it. I don't have a ton, but if you need some salary, you need to get off some ownership. I think it makes sense to go that route on, on each of the different sites. Yeah, and the New England again. It's probably like another, maybe another, maybe another slate, but not this one for me. You know, no white like Mitchell and Burkhead are lurking there and kind of sort of somewhat cheap, and they could be interesting, I suppose. If you want to get a pinch in tournaments, but big opportunity costs as far as running backs. Grant, any thoughts on these guys? Uh, you want to put a bow as far as uh, RBs? Uh, I'm fine with either of them, but I'd much rather go with Singletary. I'd much rather go with Gibson at less or the same ownership. And then one guy that we didn't mention that I kind of want to talk about because I will just play him until I lose all my money is David Johnson. It's not a good matchup, but he's a clear workhorse there. We haven't seen a ton of work with him in the uh, receiving game, but that could change any week. There was weird matchups against Baltimore and KC. And yes, it's a tough match going up against Pittsburgh, but we could potentially see more dump offs to him in this one. So he's 5.4K. It's too cheap. Play him and then lose money with me. Uh, Duke Johnson, I believe, is out once again. For he is. Worth, and so. they, who they sign up? Uh, ProSythe. They yeah. took off the practice squad. Yeah, I hear you. And I was talking to uh, if you guys were if you guys showed up to the show on time, I was talking to Devin about one of his lineups, and he was talking about some some David Johnson. I see De- Devin in the chat talking about his. He liked him as a tournament pivot. One of the lineups he was throwing out there. Mike Davis. Does anybody like you know why can't Mike Davis? We care about opportunity more than talent. Running backs don't matter, right? And if he's 80%, 70% of CMC, it's a steal. But I don't, I'm not certain it's going to be 100% his back. But we saw they gave Samuel some uh, some runs. Uh, I think he was – I heard – I wasn't aware. I don't watch a lot of college ball. Apparently, he, he was a running back in college. Can anybody confirm or deny? Yes, sir. He was a hybrid, did a lot of everything. So that that's the worry with Davis is I do think they're going to get creative – uh, and give Samuel some work, you know, some, some, you know, end arounds, who knows, but uh, we saw the targets there. The problem is the sites did a great job with his price. You know, it's not a free square. Uh, some of these other guys have more upside. You're really counting on game flow going against them and he catches a bunch of dump offs. So uh, more appealing on DraftKings. We don't know what the, you know, Reggie Bonifant is up now. He was the backup uh, mm-hmm. last year. So is he going to be involved? Is it just going to be all Davis? How much is Samuel going to be involved in? And it's a tough matchup. So I have not gone to Mike Davis. Uh, again, looked good last week in his opportunities, but I just, I'm not sure how many opportunities he's going to get. And we have a lot of better choices out here. Guys we know are going to get the ball like Singletary. Speaking of our producer, D train, he's going to drop a link in chat for you guys. We're running a uh, DK tourney. Uh, if you guys are rocking the RG badge, if you're wearing the rotor grinders badge, the highest scoring person with the RG badge in that contest, I believe it's going to be like 50 people or 100 people. He's going to make it and drop the link in chat for you guys in a second. Whoever is highest wearing the RG badge gets yourself uh, one month free of RG premium. Of course, if you guys rock the RG premium badge, uh, the RG badge, uh, you get to, you sign yourself up for the RG badge program. And in other contests, certain other contests, I believe you finished in the top 10, you get yourself uh, a month of free of RG premium. Uh, and we do like to give a shout out to those that have signed up. We gave some shout outs the other day, so we don't have many. Uh, because we knocked them out a couple days ago on the baseball shows. But DFS Hero is rocking that RG badge. That link will be in chat. Feel free to check it out. It doesn't cost you anything. As well as Jay Sasasi? Sasasi? Jay Saucy? 415? I don't know. Jay Saucy? I apologize if I butchered that. 
But uh, yeah, there you go. Rock the RG badge. Look out for that contest they're dropping in the uh, the YouTube chat. Hey, YouTube, get us to 100 likes and Grant's going to chug something. Maybe. We'll see. Maybe we're around 100. I don't know. I don't know that page open. Uh, receivers, beer. Why should I not play DeAndre Hopkins? Uh, well, the, the reason you shouldn't play him is the ownership, if you're going to make that argument. But uh, hard to not play him here in this matchup with Detroit. I mean, it's the secondary is absolutely terrible. So the worry is you get a situation like Adams last week, wh- whether he underproduces, uh, whether they, they get out to a lead. Maybe it's finally Kenyon Drake week and, and he doesn't get there. So there's reasons. And I think a lot of people are playing him not only for the performance over the first two weeks, because you got a lot of salary. I mean, it, it's very easy to just put him in and you're not really stressing it. I mean, you, you save on some of these running backs. You can save at other spots, tight end, and it's easy to get him in. So the only reason I, I would go off of him is because the ownership's looking like it's going to be 30 35% there. Grant, over, under 30%, where are you going to be at? Uh, under, way under. Do you not – I mean, I'm assuming you like him. You just like – you know, you, just, you want to the ownership game. I, I'm, I'm guessing that's where you're at on that. Yeah, I mean, there's just better spots to go when it's at that ownership. There's no guarantee that he's going to end up going off. Yes, the target should absolutely be there. But there's a lot of different ways that this game can go, and they could be running the ball late. Last week, if he didn't have that touchdown, he probably didn't end up making value. He still only had 20 points last week, and that's not a game breaker or a slate breaker there. It's just I don't want to play that much ownership on a volatile position like wide receiver, even if he's getting that much work. I feel like there's a lot of other guys that can end up crushing that at lower ownership. Well, Grant, who are those guys? I mean, there's a lot of guys. Allen Robinson going up against Atlanta. I know he hasn't paid off all season long, but he's going. He's had nine targets each of the last two weeks. He's got a huge target, target share in this game that's supposed to go fairly high scoring, and he's going up against one of the worst defenses. Allen Robinson's a guy at 6.2K who's drastically t- cheaper. We talk about targets. I think that Johnson, Deontay Johnson, is – at the same amount of targets as Hopkins. Maybe he has more. I don't even know. It's very close, but he's a guy that's getting a huge target share in this offense. Thielen is getting a huge target share. So for go and Ridley, who's gotten tons of targets every single week, especially if Julio Jones is out, he's gotten more points than Hopkins by a wide amount this season. So both all those guys are perfect pivots off of Hopkins, but going in the mid and low uh, spots for a lot of guys is I think the way to go. I'm not happy about this, but Chris Hogan. Oh, no. He's got to, he's yeah. got to, like, who are they going to throw to? It's Hogan. <laughs> it's Berrios if he even ends up playing. If not, it's Herndon and I can't even remember the third Josh, guy. They're supposed Josh to have Malone. four receivers. At Josh those? Malone, I believe. It's a person. Yeah. And you're not paying much for any of them. Yes, this game is going to be low scoring, but in full PPR, doesn't matter. Hogan can end up with 20 yards. And 10 receptions. <laughs> like, I don't know if you know the math on that, but that's What's 12 points after? at 3.7K. He falls into the end zone if they actually oh. do something. And guess what? He's made way more value. He could actually outscore Hopkins. That could happen. Well, I mean, I suppose he could, yes. Goofy things happen. Beer bet. Not... Well, I mean, sure. Well, yeah, he's not going to outscore Hopkins. Dean, what do you – yes, you take that. <laughs> what, why, where's the hesitation there? I don't have any beer in the house. That's a whole production. If I something goofy happens to Hopkins and, you know, somehow we get 27. You do realize that you could literally order beer in 10, 12 seconds. I know, but it's a whole production. Um... 
Wow. Whatever. Sure. I mean, and like, you know, it's really tight on DK and I'm considering playing Hogan in some of my cash lineups. And like you said, he was fine last week and you're basically hoping for six for 50, six for 60. And there's nothing sexy about that, but it's just sort of, and you're not rostering Hogan because you like Hogan and you're rostering because you like everything else he gets you. He makes everything else work. Um, Hogan's I, going I, for a hundred yards and a touchdown. No, he's not like, that's wow. not happening. <laughs> wow. You should have saved that for the bold calls. After, no, you chug, ones. after you chug the beer, and then it would have made sense why you would say something like that. Hey, beer, your thoughts on Hogan? And, you know, do we want to bring in Stone Minimum KJ Hamler into the conversation? He's a speedster. Uh, I saw his mom has a cool jacket with his name on it. I don't know if that's worth any fantasy points, but I saw that on Twitter. Uh, yeah, he's Stone Minimum. And, of course, Sutton's out there for Denver. Uh, Judy's banged up. There is some wind there for what it's worth. And, of course, they lost their quarterback, too. But, same situation. In theory, they have to move the ball. They have to pass the ball. And he's one of the guys that will be attempting to patch, catch the football. We don't need that much at 3K. Uh, let's talk about these two cheapies. Uh, let's talk about Hogan and Hamler. So Hogan kind of feels like when you play Jamison Crowder, you're not excited about it. You know, he's going to get his numbers. But I think it is a great way to, if you're going to play Jonathan Taylor, that, that's a way run it back with a Hogan. Uh, and your lineup's a little bit different right there. You know, it, it, it kind of gets you off. Uh, some of the typical builds that you're going to see with Jonathan Taylor. So that's probably the scenario I would play him. I'm not, I'm not playing much Hogan. I don't think it's necessary this week. I don't think you need to go uh, this far down. In fact, I would rather play Hamler in a tournament, the upside massive with this guy. I mean, we'll, we saw him get a bunch of targets. Uh, he's lightning in a bottle could get a zero, but you know, he's a guy that could pop off as well. And at three K uh, I just think he has more upside. So Hogan safer, that would be the cash game play if you need to save. Uh, even Adam Humphreys, uh, we keep talking about Tennessee. Uh, he's viable as a cash game option. Yeah. But uh, Hamler, the guy in tournaments, I think is interesting. But, again, I, I don't think you need to dip this far down and go with the Malones, the Hamlers of the world this week. I'm talking cash here. I, I live in the world of salary cap. I don't know about you. and I'm ta- <laughs> Those guys open things up for me in cash. and like I'm not happy about it, but grudgingly I'm clicking those buttons potentially. Uh, just like you guys should be smashing the like button there on YouTube. What's up, YouTube? I don't know if we're at the uh, 100 yet, but get that milk on layaway, Grant. Um, I don't, look, I'm not happy about it at all, Beer, but it, it might be happening. We might be playing those dudes in cash, uh, at least one of them. Uh, of course, we're going to get a cheap tight end, which, which we'll talk about soon up as well, too. Uh, how, about, how about, Grant, do me a favor. Prioritize your favorite uh, receivers in the Seattle-Dallas game because, obviously, there's a lot of options. Uh, yeah, there is a lot of options. Uh, probably, I'd probably go Lockett, Cooper, DK, then Lamb, then Gallup. Oh, leaving my boy Gallup for last. It's not like, it's not like there's, they're all great plays. They all, they are all great plays. It's just, if I had to rank them, that's where I'm ranking them. Beer, correct those rankings. I don't, I don't mind those rant. I'll put Metcalf one. I like Gallup as a pivot off of some of the ownership here. And, and that's a way to get, get into this game and make your stacks a little bit different because he'll be the fifth option for everybody. I mean, some people may try to, I guess you can't fit them all, but I think he'll be the one that, you know, he hasn't performed as well as the other ones, but the ownership's going to reflect that as well. So Dean, I'm going to put him second just because of the ownership factor. Uh, I'm going to go lock it three. Cooper four, Lamb five, because he's too cheap. The ownership will be heavy on him. So not that I dislike CeeDee Lamb. I mean, we love what we've seen so far. But a Gallup just feels like the guy that, that if we're going to stack that game, that's one way that we can be a little bit different. 
here, help me out. I'm playing uh, some cash game lineups on FanDuel, and like I'm, I come to these decision points, and it's like I have six, eight, six, nine, seven k uh, left for my receiver, maybe two receivers, and I'm looking at Cooper. I'm looking at Robinson, Metcalf. Robinson. Yeah, Robinson for sure. Well, that's the weird thing. It's okay because I'm looking at Robinson. And I had a discussion with somebody last night about it, and I will probably end up chopping stuff because that's just what I do. But and I'm supposed to, in theory, I want to get as many shares as possible to this you know mega game as a 58 total, whatever it is of late Seattle and Dallas. But Robinson feels like he's got to clean a route to targets. You know, we have uh, Cooper who's battling with three or four other dudes on, on Dallas. We even saw the backup tight end rise last week. That could have been an anomaly. We don't really know. Of course, we. You know, uh, Jarwin's out for the season. But it feels kind of weird to click Robinson, but Robinson is in a phenomenal spot. He's in a dome. Um, yeah, I, I don't – so you feel confident that Robinson's a better play than Cooper in cash? I do. I mean, nine targets. Yeah. Where else are they going with the ball? I mean, uh, Anthony Miller is now the, the third receiver. They, they don't really utilize the running backs as much as they, they probably should with a guy like Tariq Cohen. Uh, Jimmy Graham is a damn corpse running around out there. So I <laughs> uh, love this matchup for, for the Robinson. The, the secondary is bad. Uh, lost the guy to COVID, I believe. Terrell is out. So uh, it's just a, a fantastic matchup with Dallas. You're dealing with Lamb, Gallup, uh, the tight end you meant, Dalton Schultz, Zeke getting getting care- touches out of the backfield, uh, Dak stealing goal line. T- so yeah, it's a it's a big total, but uh, Robinson's really competing with nobody. You know, it's it's basically competing with can Trubisky get him the damn ball? That, that that's the problem there. But yeah, I like Robinson I, and Metcalf stands out as well. I mean, that's another team that's the t- the distribution's very limited. Tim Lockett, Moore gets a little bit here and there, and uh, we like Carson. So. I just Cooper just does it in tournament. Sure, the upside's there, but cash. I, I would say Robinson. Maybe that's not the, the popular answer, but I'm expecting double digit targets here for him. Is anybody buying the the grandma narrative for T. Y. Hilton? She called him out. The 28 team total in Indianapolis. The the game script suggests they'll be run this game into the ground because they're gonna you know, 11, 12 point favorites here. Uh, Pittman's pretty cheap as well too, for what it's worth. You want to throw into that bucket of cheap receivers? Uh, any interest in Hilton to, to break out this week for anybody? I am interested in the passing game just as leverage off of Taylor. You know, they're yeah. going to score some points and maybe he's not the guy that gets the touchdown. So it's always hard for me to roster Phillip Rivers. I don't think you have to. Uh, you can just grab some pieces here. We saw Mo Alley Cox have a big game. Uh, Pittman was on the field a ton. And Hilton's just dropped a lot of easy balls, balls in the end zone. I mean, his numbers could look a lot better and then more people would be playing him. So uh, definitely a, a team that I'm looking to get some exposure to in the passing game. So, uh, Marvin Jones, does he benefit with Galladay on the field? And as far as we should ask that same question for Atlanta, even if Julio is just a distraction, a diversion tactic, just cover me because I'm Julio Jones. Is that a positive for Ridley? What do we want to see as far as the injury report here, Bear? I think it's a positive for Russell Gage as well. And, and that could be the guy people are forgetting about. I mean, he, he's so involved in this offense. The, the beauty of Ridley is people don't want to pay that price for him. So uh, I, I'm fine with both of those guys and have plenty of, of – teams that have them on what was the other question besides Atlanta Marvin Jones I'm trying to make yes. him happen he's 14 bucks on Yahoo like that's really cheap that's the place that I really have have jammed him in because it is easy to get him he, he's a great run back if you are doing Arizona stacks and even if not it does help having Galladay out there you know and the, the old hamstring is undefeated so how effective is he going to be is he going to draw uh, the Patrick Peterson coverage so that's going to leave Marvin Jones uh, to have a big game here against this team. The total is massive. Uh, nobody's really talking about the Detroit side of things. Yeah, interesting runbacks. They have a 25 total as well, too. And, of course, they're in a dome. You know, Arizona plays pretty fast. Grant, uh, DFS Twitter, it's like Fetch. They're always trying to make Andy Isabella happen. 
Can Izzy and Andy Isabella happen this week? Uh, of course, you know, Kirk is not playing. Uh, the, the biggest hurdle for him is just getting on the field. He's been like on snaps like 15, 20% the last two weeks. Of course, the situation has changed. In theory, there the door is at least ajar. I don't know if it's fully open. And Isabella's a guy that just needs one play to make it happen, justify that roster spot. You have any thoughts as far as Isabella or any of the guys we we're just talking about, me and Beer? I mean, he's fine. Most of the guys mentioned are fine, but some guys that I want to mention, Diggs, I don't think he's going to draw nearly as much ownership. Last season at home, it was basically the Beasley show, and on the road, it was the John Brown show. Diggs is a good enough route runner where I still think he's going to get a huge volume of target, even in that wind. He may not have as much downfield throws, but I still think that he ends up getting there. He's going to come in at very – huh? No, I thought we lost you for a second. You've been going in and out, but keep going. Power through. Oh, yeah. So Diggs is an absolutely fantastic play. Really, really like him on this spot here. And I'm going to use a significant amount of him. Outside of that, like all the guys you mentioned are fine. I could use Edelman. We already talked about him a little bit when we were talking about quarterbacks. Keenan Allen, I told you I'm using Herbert. I'm probably going to use a decent amount of Allen. He seems to be the favorite target there. McLovin, always a guy that has a possibility of going for a big game, but yeah, my wide receiver pool is fairly condensed this week. See some questions jumping in the chat. We're going to do our best to knock out some questions before we step aside and get out of here. Uh, this show will be done in about 11 minutes or so. Of course, we're going straight all the way through up to Locke, Tambo, and Jamino. If you guys don't know Jamino, you know his work here at RG. Uh, if you like any of the stuff we do, he's almost definitely in his hands in it. He's all over the uh, the ownership and everything pretty much behind the scenes. So he'll show his pretty face today. So it'll be nice to see Jamino popping up with Tambo. Roth, Creighton, and Tuttle take you guys all the way up to Locke. We're here for about 10 more minutes. Uh, tight ends. Is there anybody you feel confident about, Beer? Because there's a bunch of guys that are playable, but I don't love anybody. And, of course, we know the three best tight ends in the league are not playing on this slate. No Kelsey, no Ed, no uh, Andrews, and uh, Kittle's hurt. So what are we doing here? I'm throwing my hands up Herndon. Can we go back to that situation? They have yep. blocking a ton less. Well, how many points do I get for a pancake? Because that doesn't count in fantasy. I, I need, like, actual catches. Doesn't matter. He's going to get a lot of catches. Is he? Yeah. How many? Six. Oh, is it more or less? Is that over or under beer? Six catches for Herndon. I, it, this is just one of those spots where everybody was on him last week. Uh, they're down pass catchers. Nobody wants to play him. He was blocking too much. And uh, I, I agree with Grant here. I, I think he's a, a very interesting play. Maybe you don't feel great about it in cash games. I, I think there's guys that are safer. Uh, Dallas Goddard remains too cheap on FanDuel. Uh, you know, Ertz, I, I'm expecting big things from that passing game. So I'm kind of mixing those guys in. Uh, and even Darren Waller, who else are they going to throw the ball to there? So I get it. He he may see some, some Gilmore coverage, but yeah, uh, he he's a guy too that that's probably got the safest floor out of all these tight ends. But it's another week where you can you can mix and match. You know the, the Johnu Smiths of the world and guys like that. Hawkinson, I, I like in that game, especially if you're stacking it. Uh, Logan Thomas, the, the ownership is kind of coming down. I uh, was very high earlier in the week, but I think it's starting to spread out. So he's interesting. So. A lot of different ways you could go here, but I really like those Philly guys. I think they get it going. Great question in chat. Do these guys ever win? Do you ever win, Grant? I do win. Okay. <laughs> so that's <laughs> – uh, I, I crushed week one. Week two, ugh, did not go well for your boy. Uh, we're seeing Jordan Reed. At, he's, he's the highest project- – it's, it's, it's really congested. 12% ownership on DK. That's the highest number we have right now. And we don't know how many snaps he's going to get, but like not all snaps are created equal. If he's only out there when they're going to pass the ball, I guess I, I don't want him out there blocking anyway. He's fragile. 
Uh, and we know the Kittle's out, and he smashed last week, of course, Reed. I don't know which Philly tight end to play. They're both kind of sort of somewhat interesting. Henry's interesting, too. You mentioned Logan Thomas, who, uh, you know, he's crushing the old air yards model. You know, doing good with the air yards, good, good, doing good with the targets. His price is sub- subdued to a good degree. I think Belichick tries to slow down Waller because who else are you going to try to slow down, as, uh, as Beer suggested? We saw him smash on Thursday night. Johnny Smith is a hell of an athlete. I don't know how many targets he's going to get. We love him in the red zone. I think he's super interesting for tournaments. And Hurst, especially if uh, Julio doesn't play, I like Hurst a good bit too. Uh, I wish this guy was a little bit cheaper, this uh, sample character for Cincinnati. He got some nice work with the injury there in Cincinnati. And why not? He can catch up like, you know, five or six dump offs, like 3.5 can DK, which was a little cheaper, but it's tough. Uh, Grant, what else do you have for us as far as tight ends? Because I threw about a bunch of names. Ingram. Ingram's interesting, I suppose. Sure. And Higby, if you have the salary, I think he's the most expensive uh, as far amongst tight ends. He smashed last week at three, t- three touchdowns. Uh, and, hey, that was a Jamino call. Jamino and Hanson were, were all with those guys. Uh, put a bow on tight end because I just it's kind of like what I have left. Whatever salary I have left, I, that's the tight end I'm playing. Yeah, I think Hunter Henry's in play. Um, he's still been seeing a large volume of tar- targets. Still hasn't seen the end zone yet. But obviously, great player, and the volume has been there. Um, you mentioned Reed, Thomas, Janu. I like all of them. Obviously, I love Herndon today. Uh, one guy that's going to come in at super low ownership because of his price is Fant. Um, Fant is at 5.4K. Not a lot of people are going to use him, but you ha- can find value elsewhere. Fant can absolutely have a big game. He's got a new quarterback in there who will probably rely on him. He currently has a touchdown in every single game, Dean. Sample size problem, I know. but Two games? Yeah, Fant is a guy that could easily go for 20 points in any given matchup here. He can take the ball for a long ways, and he's coming in at super low ownership. We still haven't seen an absolute blow-up game from him, but I think it's going to happen at some point. This could be the spot here going up against Tampa Bay. So Fant is a guy that I really like in tournaments, him and Henry, but predominantly I'm doing – or I'm putting in Herndon and I'm putting in uh, Thomas and Johnny. Little windy there in Denver has me a little bit concerned. And, of course, Jeff Driscoll is not necessarily known for his throwing prowess. He's stepping in a quarterback for Denver. Uh, put a bow on this uh, tight end conversation. We'll talk about some uh, – we'll touch on defenses. Uh, we'll touch on the, some, some tournament plays, some uh, some stacks, and then we'll talk about uh, – well, we'll see the chat. Some questions for us. I see some are lining up, and I apologize if I missed them. Feel free to ask him again uh, so I don't have to scroll all the way up. Uh, bow on the uh, the tight end sphere and then open up your favorite defenses. I think we hit on a bunch of tight end. I do like samples. The one guy I didn't bring up, but uh, yeah, I agree, Dean. It's kind of one of those spots. There's a lot of different guys. Nobody really stands out as somebody I want to make sure I get exposure to. So leave that spot for last and then just fill in, you know, and make sure it correlates. So there's a lot of ways you can correlate Herndon uh, with Jonathan Taylor uh, sample with your Miles Sanders team. So uh, that could be a way to do the tight ends kind of how I'm handling it. Uh, defense wise, uh, I'm kind of paying up a little bit here this week. Uh, I like the Indy pairing with Taylor. I love the Pittsburgh pairing with, with James Conner. So uh, those are the main two in the Chargers as well. You know, you can pair them with Eckler or Kelly. So uh, that's the way I'm looking at it. Those are my three highest zone defenses. I, I know Tampa's going to be popular. Uh, Philly looks like they're starting to, to garner some, some popularity. But uh, Colts, Chargers, and Pittsburgh for me this week. Uh, Tampa is 10 bucks on Yahoo. I know we went to a couple of Yahoo plays. Tampa's $10 over there. And you mentioned the uh, Connor, he's 17. That's a pretty good price over there as well, especially if you want to pair him uh, with the Pittsburgh defense and good correlation. Defenses, Grant? Colts. Yeah. Colts, Eagles. You have the money for it? 
I mean, you easily can just throw yeah. in Chris Hogan in there and boom, you got <laughs> Colts and Chris Hogan for 40 points, right? That sounds right. No, doesn't sound right. But continue. Uh, but Eagles are probably the cheapest ones I'm going to go with. I'll just go against Burroughs. Not a bad play at all. You can play Bucks versus Denver and Driscoll. Like they've been a good defense so far this year, but I'm just throwing in whoever I have left at the end with defense. Yeah, I think on FanDuel, the Bucks is what kind of sort of fits my build. And I think that $10 on Yahoo, they're the floor. So I like Tampa Bay uh, against Denver. And on DK, it's probably the Eagles if I can get there. This is my cash game, you know, because it's pretty tight. And I might have to play some Jets because they're, they're 2K and I don't have a lot of salary. Uh, give me your favorite stacks, Fear. Uh, favorite stacks. I mean, that Seattle Dallas game is too easy. So I, I mean, I, I like the, the Henry with, with Thielen. So I'm using a bunch of that this week. I loved stacking Detroit and running it back with some Arizona. So the one off the board, I like Philly. I, I like going Wentz to Sean Jackson and then uh, one of Goddard Ertz and you can run it back with, with AJ Green, Tyler Boyd, uh, sample, uh, a, a number of ways that you can go there. Uh, so that's the one that I don't think will have a lot of ownership, but I'm expecting uh, big things here from this Philly offense today. Grant, stack them up. Uh, Trubisky to Allen, Hogan, Herndon, and Taylor together. Uh, <laughs> Josh Allen to Diggs, and those are probably my favorite ones. Wait, Hogan, her? Okay, yeah, I was thinking. I thought you were doing a quarterback. Two thing. Jets, two Jets receivers, and Taylor. I gotcha. Yeah, I mean, it's not the nuttiest thing in the world, and I, I saw the chat poo poo all over again. I get it. Uh, I, I know nobody wants to play Hogan. And you, can, you can play Darnold, Hogan, and Herndon, and that's a really, really cheap stack. You can get everything you else want, everything else you want around that. That's super gross. But in theory, the targets are kind of obvious with the Jets. And if they just score like two or three times, that, that you can kind of sort of possibly get there. I don't know if you need Darnold. Uh, all right, I'm seeing a bunch of questions in chat. we got a couple minutes before you step aside and make way for Jamino and Tambo with the lineup uh, HQ show. Uh, so feel free to stay tuned for that. Like and subscribe. I do appreciate that as well. Uh, going to knock out some questions. Let's try to make these answers fairly concise. Beer, you're batting first. James Conner or Jonathan Taylor? Uh, cash, I'd probably go Taylor. Tournaments, I'm going Conner. Gets you off the ownership and uh, has the same level of upside. We'll go back and forth. Grant, Mike Davis or McKinnon? Mike Davis. Lamb or Gage? Uh, Lamb. Uh, I do like Gage, though, as well today. Uh, Grant, can I play Zeke and Carson together and fade the passing game? I think you can. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Drew Sample in the Million Maker. He's a Million Maker winner today. What do you think about that, Pierre? I love it. I, I put him in my video this week. Saw a ton of targets from Burrow. If they're playing from behind, you, you could see this team passing a ton again. Four red zone targets already, so I like it. Uh, Pierre, uh, well, Grant, Singletary and Montgomery, they are sneaky running back plays today. I don't think uh, Singletary is sneaky. He's not sneaky, and he's still a good play. Uh, Montgomery, I'm not just betting on touchdowns. Uh, what's my favorite beer? Uh, I like the uh, uh, Black and Tan Yingling. It's really good stuff. I enjoy that. Uh, beer, Robert Woods or Drake as a flex play? That's probably a season-long question. I'm going to say Drake, uh, even in DFS. I worry about this matchup for Robert Woods. Could see a whole lot of Tredavious White. So, if anything, I'm playing Cooper Cup uh, over Woods for the Rams. But for that question, definitely Drake. Uh, Grant, Will Fuller's hamstring had zero catches. His entire body had zero catches last week. Nobody's going to play him after he was super chalky, and he was out there for like 60% of the snaps, give or take. Any interest in him as a Darth throw in tournaments today? No problem with it, but I'd rather go David Johnson and go with the running game. 
Beer, Herndon or Logan Thomas? Logan Thomas. All right, Mike Davis or McKinnon, Grant? Mike Davis. Uh, any interest in Tom Brady with either Godwin or Evans or both? I don't hate it. That was Beer's question. We're going back and forth. We live in a society, Grant. I thought I heard a mute. Oh, gee, he was not. How do you hear a mute? How do you hear a mute? <laughs> it's the lack of sound is a sound. All right. We're going to jump all over it. I don't mind the receivers there. I don't have much Brady today. All right. Stay tuned for the next. Uh, if, if your question wasn't answered, they'll answer your question in crunch time. Uh, they knock out a bunch of questions there. And again, stay tuned for Jamino, Toe Tag, and Tambo. He's beer. He's Grant. He's rude, too. I was Dean. This was football. Enjoy your football today. We're out of here. Holler. Second Dean. Fantasy Bar, six of my favorite plays for big week three, including my favorite boom bust play of the week, a running back that's going completely overlooked this week, my favorite quarterback play, and of course, my beast of the week. Who is it? Belly up to the Fantasy Bar and find out. Welcome in, guys. Week three edition Beers Daily Fantasy Six Pack. Good to be back here once again in the Fantasy Bar talking daily fantasy football on both DraftKings and FanDuel. Guys, before we get into the place here for week three, do me a favor. Make sure you click that thumbs up button. You guys are crushing it there. I appreciate it. Let's see if we can get to a thousand likes on the video this week, guys. Again, thank you so much for that. Also, make sure you subscribe to the channel and get notified when these videos are coming out. Also, special offer only for the bar patrons here, rotogrinders.com slash beer for $5 off a core four premium subscription that's going to cover you not only for football, guys, the rest of baseball season, the rest of NBA, and, of course, PGA Tour Golf, all the premium content you need for all four sports under one umbrella, including our lineup HQ tool. Makes life very easy to make one or 150 lineups very, very quickly. Projections, ownership projections, everything you need to help make you a better daily fantasy player, rotogrinders.com slash beer all right let's talk some week three should be a fun week a lot of great games on the schedule we've narrowed things down to six of my favorite plays let's start at the wide receiver position with Allen robinson of the bears so slow start in the box scores here for Allen robinson but the encouraging thing is nine targets in each of the first two games so certainly getting the looks and i know the targets coming from mitch trubisky can be a bit off and we've seen that some erratic throws here but this is a matchup even mitchell trubisky should be able to find success through the air. The Falcons allowing almost 500 yards per game of total offense, giving up 39 points per game. We all saw that epic collapse against the Dallas Cowboys in week two. They're getting torched by wide receivers as well. We saw CeeDee Lamb have a big game last week. Fifth most fantasy points allowed to the wide receiver position through the first two weeks of the season. So this defense is absolutely terrible. Allen Robinson should be a lock once again for nine-plus targets here, and I think he gets it going here in a big way against this Atlanta Falcons defense. All right, let's go to the mid-range at the running back position. A guy I think is underpriced right now, Joshua Kelly of the Chargers. So you look at last week, game against the Chiefs, 25 touches in that game for Josh Kelly, including 23 carries. And this is a Chargers team really looking to establish the run with their connection here of Joshua Kelly and Austin Eckler, who I also like 
in this game, but let's take the discount on Josh Kelly, only 5,000 over on DraftKings and really like to play, even though he's more expensive on FanDuel, touchdowns weigh a lot more heavy over there. So under 6K for a guy gonna get 20 carries against a horrible team against the run like the Carolina Panthers. Who you see on the graphic there, no team is worse against the run than the Carolina Panthers, and it's really not even close. They haven't shown the ability to slow anybody down all of last season and the first two weeks of this season. Same thing, teams are pounding the ball against this team, finding a ton of success here. The Chargers, nice home favorites here. We know it's a great spot to target your running backs. Nice team total here. And with a rookie under center, look good last week. I think you're gonna get a big dose of Joshua Kelly against this terrible Carolina Panthers defense. All right, let's go to the other side of that game. An interesting play here. I mentioned a boom bust play in the beginning. Let's go back to wide receiver, Curtis Samuel of the Panthers. Now we know it's been Robbie Anderson tearing it up. DJ Moore is going to get his numbers and you take Christian McCaffrey out of this lineup and we saw Mike Davis be very involved in the passing game, but I have a sneaking suspicion they're really going to get creative and use Curtis Samuel as more of a running back this week. So one of those like hybrid type roles where he's going to see some carries, going to get some targets in the offense, did see eight targets in week one. So those other guys putting up the numbers, grabbing the headlines here, but let's not sleep on Curtis Samuel going back to his days at Ohio State, played a ton of running back, and I think we're going to see that here this week against the Chargers. Now, no Christian McCaffrey. We know that is a big void to fill. Not one man, not two men. Nobody's going to fill those shoes. But what it does is spread a ton of touches around to the rest of these Panther skill players here. And Samuel may not be a cash game play, a little too risky there for most people, and maybe even GPPs. Guys, this one, definitely not for the faint of heart here. But the beer got really talking to me here on this one. The price is absolutely fair to take a few shots in your tournament allocation. Definitely boom bust here for Curtis Samuel. But if we can get a ceiling here, even in a tougher matchup, the ownership should be very, very minimal here. Get some exposure to Curtis Samuel this weekend against the Chargers. All right, let's stay in the cheap seats here. Another value play for you at the tight end position, Drew Sample of the Bengals. So we had a lot of new tight ends kind of jump on the scene here. Dalton Schultz with the Cowboys, Mo Alley Cox with the Colts, but Drew Sample really looked great. If you watch that game against Cleveland, this is a guy that looked outstanding and has been known as more of a blocker, but looked great as a pass catcher. And Joe Burrow really leaned heavily on him towards the end of that game. And I know a lot of that was garbage time production, but when a guy's getting nine targets, when a guy has four red zone targets already through two weeks. So this is a guy they're clearly gonna look for throughout the game. And especially when they get down close, AJ Green piling up the air yards with the production, just not there. Drew Sample just might be their best red zone weapon. And the Eagles, and I put defense in air quotes here, three touchdowns last week to Tyler Higby the week before that. Logan Thomas put big numbers on the board, and I'm expecting Philadelphia to play from ahead, play with a lead. That means even more air yards, more attempts here for Joe Burrow. I think you're gonna get a lot of Drew Sample in this game against the Philadelphia Eagles. All right, let's go to the quarterback position here. A guy I'm loving this week towards the higher end, Cam Newton of the Patriots. Now, I think what's gonna happen here, you're gonna get a lot of people going to Russell Wilson, Dak Prescott in that big game, no problem with that, but let me save some money here and go back to Cam Newton, who's really turned the clock back and has looked good. In week one, we saw him dominate on the ground against the Miami Dolphins. And then last week looked outstanding in that game against Seattle through the air. Made some pinpoint passes and some very accurate throws that we just have not seen from Cam Newton. So let's take a look at the slate in general. The Patriots fourth highest implied team total this week. 
Almost four touchdowns expected here for New England against the Las Vegas Raiders, and he gives you that ceiling, you know, that, that Lamar or Patrick Mahomes type ceiling, and I don't think that's out of the realm of possibilities where you can put up a massive game like those guys do, and you're not paying 8500 9000 for it. Cam's price jumped up. It did not jump high enough here, and I think he crushes it once again here in this matchup against the Las Vegas Raiders. All right, it's time to take a look at my favorite play for week three, but before we do that, guys, it's contest time. That's right. We're going to run it back with the Beast of the Week contest. Very simple. All you got to do, make sure you like the video to play here. But get in the comment section right below the video and guess fantasy points for my Beast of the Week. Closest guests will win themselves a free week of Roto Grinders Premium. Get a chance to get in there and check everything out. If you're already a loyal subscriber and you take this down, hey, we'll send you a free Roto Grinders t shirt just for playing. So let's take a look. My favorite play for week three, you know, Matt, the beast of the week. All right, beast time. We owe you one more running back. I'm going to Philadelphia. I'm rolling with Miles Sanders against the Bengals this week's beast of the week. Now, two things really stand out here. A, the matchup here against the Cincinnati Bengals. Absolutely elite. We saw both Cleveland running backs go nuts against this team. We saw the Chargers look good in week one against this team on the ground and the other thing the price really stands out here this is the most underpriced guy and the best buy low in all of dfs on both sites to see his prices this low absolutely ludicrous so the ownership will reflect that miles sanders is going to be a popular play this week cash games i think he's a lock and load in tournaments i want to be aggressive here i want to be over the field on that number so make sure miles sanders is a big part of your builds but Let's take a look at the numbers here. Came back last week off of injury. I know a lot of people hesitated to get him in those lineups. 27 opportunities. Turned that into 23 touches last week against a Rams defense. That's much better than the Cincinnati Bengals defense he's going to face this year. Bengals giving up 185 rushing yards per game. Already bottom 10 in DVOA against the run through the first two weeks. Same thing last season. This is a bad defense that cannot stop the run. Sanders is going to be involved in the passing game as well. And the price is simply way too cheap. At least $1,000 underpriced here. Take advantage. Miles Sanders, easily my favorite play for week three in this week's Beast of the Week. All right, guys, that'll wrap us up here for week three in the Fantasy Bar. Any comments, questions, feedback? Guys, hit me up in the comment section. Don't forget fantasy points for Miles Sanders on DraftKings in the comment section for your shot at some free RG Premium or that free Roto-Grinders t-shirt. Can also head over to Twitter. Follow me at BeermakersFan. Love talking football over there with you as well. Guys, as always, thank you for watching. I greatly appreciate it. Let's make sure we hit that like button. Let's see if we can crush it over a 1,000. Thank you so much. Good luck this week. Have a great weekend, and we'll see you next week. Hey, thanks for checking out our videos. If you want more expert advice on DraftKings, FanDuel, or any other daily fantasy sports, make sure you check out the current videos playlist.
What's up, everyone? Tyler Tambolin here, a.k.a. Totag and Tambo. Back for another edition of the Sunday Lineup Builder Show. This week with my man, Chris Gimino. Chris, what's happening? Trying to get those lineups in, man. Let's go. Let's get that money. There is a ton of action out there. I'm very excited for it. Yeah, it's going to be a good one. Week three, it's flying by, but I'm happy, right? We've got NFL. We're good with that. You guys are tuned into us. We appreciate it. Give us all the likes, the subscribes that you can. Before we get into it, I'm going to do the ad read, bust it out right quick, get it out of the way, and then we're going to get into the plays, picks, all the stacks, things that we can do with the tool, with lineup HQ, the rules, groups, etc. So uh, last week's in the books. Now it's time to review the tape and prepare for this week. There is no better place to get in on all the action than DraftKings, This the leader in one-day daily fantasy sports. To add to this week's excitement, DraftKings has a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes up for grabs. If you haven't had, tried DraftKings yet, head to the App Store now because you don't want to miss this. Draft your lineup and feel the sweat like never before. Every run, pass, and catch means more on DraftKings. It's simple. Pick your lineup, stand or the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against the competition. Nothing adds to the excitement of watching the game quite like a shot at, a, at millions of dollars. DraftKings has paid out billions of dollars to winners since 2012, so they know a thing or two about cold, hard cash. Download the DraftKings app now and use code DFF. That's code DFF. For a limited time, new users can get a free shot at millions of dollars in prizes this week. Don't miss out on the week three action. Enter code DFF to get a free shot at millions of dollars in prizes with your first deposit. That's code DFF only at DraftKings. Make it rain. All right, Chris, we're here, man. The ad reads out of the way. This is awesome. Let's get into it. The way we set this up, man, pretty easy. We're going to go through. I know you're playing a lot of lineups on FanDuel. I'm playing a lot of lineups on DraftKings. For anyone that's followed along throughout my content throughout the week, the idea is this is sort of the last stop. I'll give you where I'm at as far as sort of ownership goes. The good news is you're the ownership guru. guru. So we've got sort of the best up-to-date numbers here. You know all about why they are, where they're at. And I'm going to give sort of my exposures on some of them on guys I've come around on. But Talk to me about this week overall as a whole and how you're handling it. I mean, we got a couple big games with the Detroit-Arizona and the Dallas-Seattle game having just huge totals and it looking like not just from ownership, but just from all the talk around the industry, that's where everybody's going. So how are you handling that with those games and even if in lineups, if you got 150 against those games? Yeah, so I'm definitely going to be playing a bunch of those games. I'm not going to be avo- avoiding a spot like Arizona against Detroit right here. I don't see any particular reason for all of those pieces to fail. Now, one of the things that I would look at in both that game and the Dallas game is when I'm constructing those lineups, trying to ensure that I have roster construction that includes a couple of other low-owned pieces elsewhere in every single one of those builds, forcing it with the lineup HQ groups to ensure that my lineup has a chance to be unique. Because let's face it, you know, if I am going to be playing those games, one of the last things that I want to be doing is running with a huge group of people trying to get to the top of the leaderboard. Now, Again, it's not 100% of my builds, but I'm definitely going to be getting exposure at least in line with the field with both those games. Okay, and I like that, and I sort of follow the same path, right? If you're going to stack up Wilson, Metcalf, Lockett, and run it back with C.D. Lamb, you're probably the same as everybody else. You're not doing anything sneaky. Yes, you're getting lots of pieces of that game, but you got to look around it. So, you know, one of the things I love with Lineup HQ, and when you go to the stack setting with quick stacks, is not only can you do a primary stack to stack it up with a quarterback, you know, two wide receivers, tight ends from the same team, and one guy from the other side, any position. This is just an example, and you could space this out. You don't have to do it 100% of your lineups. But I really like the secondary stack setting, and I think this is where you could look to get a little bit more unique, right? A running back and a wide receiver, or let's say a wide receiver or tight end from the opposing team 
And then when you get to it, I've talked about this in the past, using lineup HQ is almost like a virtual hand build because I'll build more lineups than I want. And then I'll browse through them and see, okay, that one's way too chalky. It tells me the total ownership right there. But I also know that that secondary stack is going to be pretty popular as well. Let's say, you know, a Sanders with a Tyler Boyd or, or, you know, one of the Cincinnati receivers, that's probably going to be popular. So you can look for ways around that. Uh, The other thing I'll do with those games, just before we get into position by position is I'll also get aggressive with the stacking. And, And I don't know if you do this, but you know, maybe I don't think it's as important on FanDuel. I think obviously on FanDuel, you're looking for that touchdown equity versus on DraftKings. I can pick up more bonuses and uh, full point PPR, the 100-yard bonus, all these factors. But, you know, FanDuel, we typically want touchdowns. But on FanDuel, are you going to run any um, five-man stacks, you know, three and two or or more? Would you do anything like that over there for yourself? So what I did is I I built like 2,100 lineups and I exported it to Excel and I created a little system of rating each one of those lineups based on projections, ownership, and, and the smash percentage that I create. Uh, for FanDuel. And then I did build a good number of teams that had five from uh, from each, you know, two from each side plus the quarterback. So I'm, it's not the biggest cross section of my build, but I definitely want to make sure that I grabbed a couple, especially from some of these high total games. Yeah. And I did the same, you know, just, I love that you're talking about FanDuel. Like I said, we got a good bounce back here because I'm doing DraftKings. The reason I brought that up is because yeah, I definitely did that. That's where I got aggressive. I got some six man stacks, just the way it works out so four twos. I've got some three, th- three twos, you know, three threes even, but the one thing on DraftKings that it, that's interesting, and we'll segue now into the position, is that Russell Wilson and Dak Prescott are 100 bucks apart. Therefore, and I've seen this happen in the past, you know, in a Millie Maker, a guy come first and third, because, and with just a swap of the quarterback, but any lineup that's maxed out with Dak, obviously you've got to find 100 bucks to get to Russell Wilson. But any lineup that's maxed out, or even not maxed out with any lineup with Russell Wilson with those game stacks, you can just create a new lineup, import, and swap to Dak. Typically, if you're running some of those bigger game stacks, and that's another way that I did it just to make sure I'm covering all angles because we could easily see one of them pop five to 10 points more than the other while the other game gets there. So uh, talk to me about some of these other quarterbacks. We've talked about that game. You mentioned that, you know, a little bit on the Detroit-Arizona. You're not going to avoid that myself neither. But what about some of these other quarterbacks, maybe two or three guys that you're on this week? All right, so I did make some lineups with both Josh Allen and Cam Newton, but I did try to make sure that I made teams that didn't have any correlation with those players and just build them completely naked because both of those guys, they could have, they could have huge games paired with, a, say, a, a wide receiver in the case of Cam or a running back like Devin Singletary and a wide receiver in the case of Josh Allen. But I don't, I don't think that that's necessarily 100% correlation, correlation the same way it is with other quarterbacks because you can get rushing touchdowns with both of these guys, and we've seen it in the first two weeks with both. So I definitely made some teams with those two players just because it's the, you know, the quote unquote Konami code of fantasy football. Uh, These guys are getting rushing production. Cam in particular is running a huge, like he's the goal line back right now and they're running him in the middle of the field. They're running design plays for him. So it's, 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 it's pretty no brainer to try to take some of these guys for the same reason that we like a guy like Lamar Jackson uh, for the high floor, but they also have tremendous ceilings as we saw with Cam last week. Uh, Another quarterback that I think, uh, maybe won't be rostered as much that I'm going to try to play a little bit of this week is Ben Roethlisberger. I think that's probably going to be my low owned like garbage play of the week. Uh, I won't say garbage play, but the Texans defense is not particularly good. And anytime that I'm trying to stack up a game, I want there to be some chance that the quarterback on the other side is good enough to keep it close and turn it into a shootout. I think Deshaun Watson fits that description and the ownership is going to be tremendously low in that game. So when I'm trying to get way off the board, that's going to be one of the spots that I'm going to do it with. I haven't heard pretty much anyone talking about that. 
You know, I definitely like that call. I mean, the biggest decision with that is if you're going to run it back with someone, who do you like on the Houston side if you're if running it back? Obviously, you've got Juju and Deontay Johnson are a great pair options or even using both with a guy like Ben Roethlisberger. You can get sneaky with a Chase Claypool who's looked great as a rookie. But what's your spot on the other side look like? You know, do you trust Will Fuller or Cooks or where do you go? Yeah, I think trust is a pretty strong word for it. I actually think Jordan Akins isn't like a – especially on DraftKings, it's not a terrible play at 3,400. Uh, I'm not falling in love with the running backs. I'm definitely having a couple of teams where I'm just double stacking the Steelers and expecting more of a blowout situation where uh, maybe some of those guys keep it close for the Texans, but I don't need them in the most optimal kind of build. I mean, there's definitely been FanDuel millimaker winners that don't have a bring back on the other side. So I'm not 100% married to always having a bring back with that stack, but I, I would probably say Fuller is the guy that has the biggest raw ceiling of any of these guys. And I think David Johnson's in line for a lot of work. I don't have a lot of teams with David Johnson, but I I may try to change that a little bit. There's definitely some merit to him being the guy that gets in the box on FanDuel. So that's a guy that I'll be looking at as well. Yeah, I do like that. I saw last night, I'm not sure if it's official yet, but Duke Johnson was looking iffy as well. So that would open up just even more volume for a little bit cheaper uh, David Johnson also just got the news. If you didn't already, I'm sure you've got the notifications turned on, but Julio Jones will not play. So if you've got Julio in your lineups, he's out. Obviously talk about a guy like Matt Ryan, who's right here. I do have some Ryan lineups. That's one I'll bring up. I like that your calls there with Allen and with Newton. Like you said, they're basically uh, cheaper versions than what we're used to seeing of Lamar Jackson, where they, they run the ball. You can get, you know, unique. You don't have to pair them up with receivers. You can also get unique in a way. We talked about it on the tourney takes podcast with Kirkwood and kill a B. And this week we chatted about how you could run a guy like Cam Newton with the new England defense, almost like that RB DST pairing, but you're doing it with a quarterback with a naked quarterback. It's kind of unique to get that set up and probably have a, a strong lineup still around that. So uh, you could do it with Buffalo with Josh Allen, Matt Ryan. Now I think you got guys we'll get into, you know, when we get to wide receiver tight end, but gauge Hurst, you know, those guys open up obviously Ridley, but he's quite pricey. A couple more quarterbacks and we'll move over to running back for me. Uh, Jared Goff is one kind of disgusting, but at the same time, he does throw the ball quite a bit. I'm not really as scared of Buffalo's defense this year and what we've seen from it. You know, he just throws the ball a lot. The price, the receivers, you know, you've got options there with Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, Tyler Higby. You know, I I like Cup the most out of those, but I think there's ways to get there um, that you can use that. And then obviously there's guys you can run it back with on the other side. A couple more that came to mind in the same game. You mentioned that Pittsburgh-Houston game. I do like that call, um, but I also like this Philly-Cincinnati game. I'm on Burrow quite a bit. I don't think he's going to throw it 61 times like he did last week, but I do think he's going to throw it a lot. You know, my hot take of the week is the prediction that Burrow gets his first NFL win. I think it's a good spot. And what I was looking at, again, talked about this on the Tourney Takes podcast, was you've got all this ownership on a guy like Miles Sanders. This will be a good segue in a second here, but – you got to look for ways to get unique now. It's not that you have to fade him because he's high owned. He's a great play. He's super cheap. It makes some sense. How can you get different with that? And I look for, can you use him with Wentz? You can. And use some of the passing game. Can you can you use Burrow? Absolutely. There's Boyd. There's you know Drew Sample is a cheap tight end that not a lot of people are talking about, even though he was getting a ton of work last week. And Uzoma before him, a bunch of work. And then you've got A.J. Green, the classic veteran who you know had a million balls thrown his way or felt like it. Didn't have the greatest game, but, you know, air yards wise, the ability, they were just right on his fingertips. I expect him to bounce back. Any thoughts on this Philly Cincy game? And then we'll move to running back. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think that there's a there's a chance. The problem with this particular game is that I do think the Philadelphia Eagles defense is is just as likely to do 
uh, what you're saying the Bengals could do on offense as the Bengals are to do that same thing. So I'm not going all in on this spot. I was on Carson Wentz heavily the first couple of weeks and he burned me here. He just does not look good on the screen right now. It's, it's again, that's a, that's a game film take, you know, like we know that he has the tools to get there and keep this game close and really, you know, do what you're trying to do here and have this game be the one that goes off. So I, I don't hate this take at all. It's something that I'm going to have exposure to, including Joe Burrow teams. But uh, I am I'm a little bit hesitant uh, with the Eagles here to to really see them getting into a shootout game. I think they're first and foremost going to be looking uh, to to get the W here and play strong defense, run the football, maybe run a, a little bit slower pace than we're used to seeing with them. But that I could be wrong about that. It's just not something that I'm going to be going way over the field on. It's something I'm going to be getting about the field too in terms of Wentz exposure and Burrow exposure. Yeah, so I, I'm with you there. I went about 5% Wentz. It looks like he's coming in around 4 and it's because of what you said. The only reason I really went with Wentz lineups is because, we're again, we're going to segue to the Sanders conversation in a second, but because if you want to leverage that, the way would be to go with, you know, Deshaun Jackson to bounce back, uh, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, you got, uh, you know, Goddard, Ertz. There's all these options you could use in the passing game if you think since he gets up, but I definitely have got about 10% Burrow. That's I'm going to stick with it. It's a conviction play. I do like it. And I like the options that he's got to throw to. He's got an accurate passing arm. Like this is just an incredible rookie that's up and coming. So we watched him at LSU. He's a winner. Uh, always has been. Talk to me about Sanders though. Let's move over to running back here. What are you doing with him this week with this high ownership? Like I said, you don't have to fade him obviously, but just searching by ownership here. Yeah. 37%. And this typically gears towards, you know, large field. Correct me if I'm wrong, but that looks about accurate. What's your thoughts? Yeah, so the problem is when I look at the rushing shares that, you know, you got 20 carries last week to Boston Scott's four. That's, you know, I'm pretty good at math. That's a huge percentage of yeah. their their carries. We haven't projected for 70% of carries and 15% of targets. And if you think that Miles Sanders is anywhere close to likely to getting that kind of workload, is the Bengals defense the kind of defense that you want to be fading efficiency against? Because basically if you're saying he's getting that much work and you're not playing him, you're basically saying that he's not going to be efficient on those touches or he's not getting the touches. Either one of those things, I don't think it's true. So I'm definitely playing a lot of Miles Sanders this week. I'm going to eat the chalk here on this one. And you're going to have a hard time convincing me that the Eagles don't have it intended for him to have a huge role in this game uh, to be a primary workhorse for their backfield. That's what it looked like in the first time out of the gate last week. And that's what I expect to go forward. I agree. And, you know, producer Devin's going to drop a link in the chat, guys, for you. Like I said, hit that like button, hit the subscribe. He's going to put a link in there where you guys can sign up and get access to this lineup HQ tool. But the reason I bring that up right now is not just because it's the best optimizer on the market. Ownership projections are sound. Everything you can do within the tool is phenomenal. But what I would bring up quickly is that I'm also with you there, Chris. I'm going, I've got, I just looked at my ownership here and I knew what it was, but I wanted to double check. I got 65% Miles Sanders and I'm still confident in my uniques because there's so many other spots and so many other ways to get different that to me, it's just a, a smash spot. I'm not the guy that likes to hit the lock button. I think a lot of, you know, I you know follow results DB religiously. I, I look at it weekly to see what are the top players doing, not just what did the winning lineup do to win a Millie maker, but what are the winning players doing that I follow? And, and you know, they'll, they'll smash the, the lock button and I get it. And this is a spot that I would have no problem with it. I just personally like a two thirds approach max and go down from there. So uh, any other thoughts on Sanders before we move to some of the others? I mean, he's just a, an Incredible value for cash games. I don't see how you can build a cash game without him. And in tournaments, he's a tough fade. So I, I would not make that the spot I'm getting cute. I agree. Uh, talk to me about some of these other running backs. You know, there's uh, ownership here. If we go sort it by that, you've got the Jonathan Taylor conversation, uh, Kenyon Drake, maybe those two, and then just give me some others that you like in general. Yeah, so Taylor's 
a player that is in line to get a lot of workload, just like we discussed with Sanders. Although I think we have like a one game sample of him doing so. We have a sample of the Jets defense playing, you know, maybe they weren't like complete pushovers other than that play against Mostert last week. So, you know, I think Bynford tweeted something about that and I looked into it and it seemed to check out. So I wouldn't call Taylor a complete lock to have a smash game, but I would call him a pretty high floor play. So I think he's definitely one of the primary options for your cash games out there in tournaments. I think it's fair to take an approach on DraftKings to go a little bit underweight. On FanDuel, he's severely underpriced, and it's it's much more difficult to get away from that player. There are a lot of good options, but I, I do think that Taylor overall is a strong play, not nearly as strong as Miles Sanders in tournaments. Now, um, some other guys here at the position that I think uh, could really get overlooked because of the way the pricing shakes out and the way that there are so many strong cash plays. I think that Dalvin cook and Derek Henry, both are in positions. I don't think you can play both in the same lineup, but I think that you can definitely go ahead and try to take a chance on these guys priced up at 7.8 and 7.6 on DraftKings, uh, a little bit higher on FanDuel. And both these guys are going to be under 10% by my estimation. And both these guys have tremendously huge ceilings. I mean, I mean, you cannot get this kind of workload for this ownership on most weeks, but there's just so many options. I think that's going to be the case. I agree. It was you're taking the words out of my mouth. I, I'm on that, so I'll give a couple more takes. You know, Cook, I've got about 10%. Henry, I went a little more. I went about 13, 12, 12%. So that's about five over on both. And I'm with you on that. I'm not in the same lineup, but I think one of these guys is going to have a big game. And it's a chance to pick up these bell cow backs that just can dominate a game and take over and have three touchdowns, a hundred on the ground, maybe a couple catches in the case of Henry less because everyone, you know, bags on him a little bit for not catching passes, but it's because he normally doesn't have to. It's hard to catch a pass when you're, you know, just bust through a D and take it for 80 yards to the house. So I'm good with both of those guys. Taylor, you know, conviction play for me. I'm not going away from it, but I mean, I got 25% Taylor and I still can't get overweight. And and it's a product of, I'm with you. You kind of got to come in underneath. My take was, and I'm, you know, my thought process around it, like I said, it's a small sample, but I kind of like spots like this. It's like a, you know, a stock where you got to take a chance on it. I don't see this 7K price sticking around very long for this guy in this spot with no Marlon Mack. He was probably already going to take over anyways, and he just does a lot. And we also know that uh, the new quarterback regime there, you know, with Phillip Rivers, loves to check it down. You think about a guy like Eckler, so he is catching passes as well, and you can use him in those type of lineups. So I am with you there. A couple more that stand out. So uh, James Conner is one that I'm definitely overweight on. It was brought up by Kirkwood, Kirk D's. On the pod, you know, we talked about this, but against Houston, uh, CEH, so Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, went off against them in the opening game. And then Baltimore combined amongst Lamar and three running backs for over 200 rush yards. So, you know, I loved your your talk. I wrote a note here for afterwards. I got some lineups left to build, as do you, with the Roethlisberger take. I only had some, but I like your thought process there on the passing game, running it back with a guy like Fuller or one of those spots, even Akins, who I know Eric Bime for, brought up as well as I think is a a conviction play, but what's your thoughts on James Conner? And then I'll give you one more thing for after that, but James Conner in this spot, I think, you know, 5%, that's another guy. And then after that, maybe go into just leveraging that Seattle Dallas game with guys like Zeke or Carson. Yeah. So with a guy like Conner, the concern is, you know, we saw in the, in the first week that we, he, he didn't have quite the role that we thought he was going to have. He bounced back last week with 16 carries to Snell's just three, uh, we saw him get involved to a marginal degree in his first outing with with you know 13% of targets. Didn't really have as many targets in the last game. But I think if you assume that his role remains somewhat similar to what he had last week, he's a tremendous play. Uh, the matchup certainly 
uh, very appealing. We, we think that this offense uh, is going to move the ball pretty much the whole season. We know they have a strong defense, so we expect them to have a high time of possession on most weeks. Uh, I would expect that Connor is going to be under-owned for his potential to smash. I didn't check exactly what was his smash percentage because I do think that he's sort of a high upside play. Yeah, he, he's definitely in the top 10 here of my smash plays at running back, but I only have the ownership at 6.5% on FanDuel. So I think that's a pretty big disparity that makes him an ex- outstanding tournament play. Right on. I like that. I got to see these smash percentages at some point. We'll have to chat thereafter, but let's continue. Uh, Chris Carson and Zeke are both in that big game, right? We talked about that. I know Drake is another guy that was brought up. You can go back and forth on that one. I mean, Arizona just feels like you can use anybody and everybody against Detroit. But the interesting piece is the leverage plays in this game. And when we get to wide receiver in a minute, going to be a lot of those names come up because they're sucking up all the ownership, right? Between Lockett, Metcalf, Cooper, uh, Gallup, Lamb, pretty much every Gallup, much less than the others. But I'm just saying on both sides, that's sort of the popular wide receiver plays. What do you do with Carson and Zeke, where are they showing up for you? And what, what are your thoughts on them? Yeah, I think Carson in particular is a play that's going to be you know, pretty severely underowned uh, on, on DraftKings. On FanDuel, probably not as much. But, I mean, if you're trying to build stacks that are unique of that game, I think you know going Russ plus Carson plus a wide receiver is going to give you a much better chance at being different than taking two wide receivers is at this point in time. We've seen uh, Carson score in the passing game already this season. We've seen that he's – you know, that they're definitely looking to go to the air a, a little bit more aggressively than they have in years past. And I think that, quite frankly, this game could have enough scoring that he could actually not score via the air and still get there via rushing touchdowns and still have Russ get there as well. So I, I would imagine that Carson is a play that you're looking to get in game stacks uh, more so than you are uh, using him outside of game stacks. But I, I still think that he's a pretty strong play overall for tournaments. I wouldn't put him in the cash game conversation. Zeke, I think, is on the like the, the tip border of, of cash game conversations, but I just don't think you can get there. I think you're going to have to go a couple of other routes to, to get a complete lineup. But I think that makes him in tournaments one of the very best plays because you know, there's very few running backs that are going to be able to touch the raw ceiling that he's going to get. And the ownership is going to be constricted because people are going to be on Devin Singletary. People are going to be on Miles Sanders. People are going to be on Kenyon Drake at a high level. And you're just you're not going to be able to, even, even in game stacks, get to Zeke Elliott uh, with the price point. I agree wholeheartedly. And, and I showed that secondary stack off earlier. Uh, you know, I agree. And I, I have the game stacks with them, but I also don't mind, you know, instead of using Sanders in a tournament lineup, which, you know, is I, only I have 35% to work with here, but running something like a Carson across from maybe one Dallas receiver. And I know that, you know, if they all go off, you're done. But what if Carson dominates the game? You know, Pete Carroll takes it back to that old school ground and pound, try and keep Dak and the guys and Zeke off the field. Why wouldn't you try for that? You know, those guys, you don't really want them on the field. So, you know, you try and kill the clock that way, but then Dallas is still going to get there and have some passing to go along with them. But maybe Dak doesn't become the optimal quarterback or sort of in those builds. And and you've got certain wide receivers that don't get there and it breaks up a bunch of those game stacks. So I would certainly, if you've got a lot of lineups, make sure you're building some lineups like that. And then to round out the running backs, we can't talk about them all, but I think it's important that we just go down here. There's, you know, Jarek McKinnon, Devin Singletary, and we'll say Mike Davis, anyone else you can think of, go ahead. But that's sort of the three that are picking up ownership. Where are you at on these three guys for the week? Yeah, so number one, about ownership on on McKinnon and Mike Davis, I, I don't know. Like we, we talked about it yesterday in the ownership report. It's a very conspicuous you know, situation to project. I don't think that there's 
complete agreement as far as how good a plays these guys are. And whenever that is the case, it gets tough to gauge the sentiment. It's, it's tough to understand, you know, are, are people going to be clicking on Mike Davis, despite the fact that he has a pretty large share of the offense projected? Are people going to be able to click on Jarek McKinnon just because of the field situation there, just because of the fact that he is a player that has been known to be a satellite player, not necessarily an every down workhorse. It's pretty tough to project that. Right now, I'm expecting that it's going to be spread out amongst all those guys. And there's some other guys uh, that are in that price range that, could, you know, we mentioned Singletary. Uh, I, as, as far as players are concerned, I'm definitely highest on Mike Davis. I, I, I you know, I think that the, he's the one that has the best chance of being overlooked. So I think that there's some ownership upside. And I also think that there's some equity upside there in this game in case it turns into a shootout, which probably on the low side of things, the way Los Angeles plays, but I still do think Mike Davis could end up getting there at 5,100. I don't, I don't hate that. Like you said, the one thing was that I saw Carolina did activate uh, or bring up Reggie Bonifanen. So that's another guy just to get in the mix. And I know it's not a big deal, but it's just sometimes little things like that will sway me. I talked about this quite a bit this week, expert survey on the podcast that I'm on, things like that, that I do like McKinnon quite a bit. You know, they always, they brought him in for a reason when they did, unfortunately he had that injury, but Kyle Shanahan likes using him. He's a guy that's also put up over 13 DK points in the first two weeks while others were there and active. So I think that's a, a good point to bring up. And I like him for sort of a, a secondary stack, right? You can use just him. Forget that they've got a rookie quarterback or sorry, a, a quarterback that's their backup quarterback. I meant to say that they've brought up to now, you know, with the Jimmy Garoppolo injury where you could have McKinnon across from a Darius Slayton or across from an Evan Ingram with the injuries they've got over there with both um, Shepard and Barkley. So uh, I like McKinnon for that. But the thing about Singletary, and this was, again, Kirkwood on the Tourney Takes pod got me on this, bringing him back. I, the only thing that I hate is that a guy like Josh Allen eats his lunch. And we already talked about that. But I did end up on a lot more, like I said, Goff and Allen. So Singletary does make sense in those stacks. And so I do have a little bit more, probably around 20% or so. I don't have it right in front of me with that one. But uh, let me just see here. 20 21% is where I'm at right now on him. And it's just a product of those game stacks that I'm on. Uh, anything else on running back? We're going to switch to wide receiver. Uh, we can talk for all, all day about running backs. Let's talk wide receivers. Let's do it. Okay. Open me up here. Uh, you know, we talked about these guys in that Seattle-Dallas game, but you look at ownership. There's one big guy at the top. All the, squ- all the circles, dots, you know, all the conviction plays, values, cores, everything are on. DeAndre Hopkins seems way too cheap this week, but... What are your thoughts on DeAndre Hopkins and how to use him within lineups? It's hard to imagine not playing him in a good percentage of your builds. I, I, you know, you look at how this offense is going to operate today and which one of the, which one of these players on the Detroit defense is going to be able to outplay him, right? Cause they, they can't really cover him man to man. If they try to give him help, the Cardinals have enough weaponry that they're just going to exploit that. And I don't think that they can continue to go to that. At some point in time, DeAndre Hopkins is just good enough to beat double teams and double coverage anyway. And we know that Kyler is focusing on him as a primary target uh, come hell or high water so far. So there's a very low bust potential on this play. Now, as far as whether or not he can get there to help you win a tournament, I think it's a different conversation that I want to hear your take on. I'm currently going to be playing him somewhere, probably just above the field, just because of how many stacks of this game that I have. But I'm not necessarily going to hit the lock button like you said on it uh, just because I do think that there's you know there's a good chance that he has like a 20 point game and maybe that's not quite enough to get you there at 7.9 but I don't know it, it seems like a really really strong play I don't know if I'd be avoiding it 
Yeah, so you're speaking my language on most of it. Uh, you know, here's the deal, though. You, you mentioned you're talking to me about the tournament side of it, and that's where it comes in. So if you want to check my stuff when the hit hits lock, anything I've got high dollar has DeAndre Hopkins in it. It's hard to avoid this guy. 7.9K just seems ridiculous. Short A dot on top of everything else, end zone, red zone. It's like he just stacks up on a site like DraftKings. Uh, you know, Devontae Adams last week, same price, you know, would have done this. Obviously, an injury doesn't help that scenario, but that's how you see those guys stack up 40 points. It's not crazy to expect that. Now, in these tournaments, you know, that's why it's conviction for me because it's just, it's too cheap. He should be 8,500 plus at least. Some are saying 9,000, but you know, the the chemistry he's got with Kyler right now is undeniable. Now, you've been doing this a long time, as have I. What is the most common position to bust wide receiver? What's the most common price point of wide receiver to bust high dollar? What's the worst case scenario? A high dollar wide receiver at the highest ownership. So that's why you're here. The show's free every week. You can follow up on it. I know we talk about other things throughout the week, but I give my final take on this show. So if you miss it, they'll be able to record this clip back for you and show you it. I am I'm on him in tournaments, but mostly in those game stacks and whatnot. So I'm actually only coming in at 18% DeAndre Hopkins in my tournament lineups. Like I said, every high dollar lineup I got, has DeAndre Hopkins in it because it's basically a, a can't miss 20 plus points. But any, any thoughts on that? Or, you know, am I, is my headspace in the right place? It's, it's a fair take. Look, I'm not going to criticize anyone for, for the reasons that you just mentioned regarding the bus rates at the wide receiver position. It's just a tremendous play. And it, you know, it's one of the big decision points that you have when you build your tournaments, if you're building multiple lines this week is whether or not you want to take a strategy like yours, where you're going underweight and banking on chaos, or if you want to just bank on, what we've seen in the numbers this year and what we've seen in the matchup this year with Detroit, that this is a very difficult spot for him to completely bust and ruin your lineup. And there's certainly a chance that he could be a slate breaker. So uh, I, I would definitely not be, I would definitely not full fade him. I'll tell you that. Yeah. And, and that's where I'm at. Right. And that's like I say, plenty of the game stacks. If I think if like that game gets there, he's obviously a big part of that. So that's sort of my idea and thought process process behind it. Uh, it's just tough to imagine him as just like a secondary sack or something. It's really hard to build it up that way. The other thing I didn't mention at quarterback too, another way to get unique with Hopkins and in some of my builds that I have was Stafford, right? There's an opportunity for a guy like Stafford to be paired up with say Marvin Jones. I think Galladay's going to give it a go. He is, but he, but he says he's not hundred percent. I still use some of him, but I used more Marvin Jones and definitely we're going to get to tight end, but I use Hawkinson as well. It's the dream matchup. The guy they've been peppering him up anyway, since last season, and that's a way to get your DeAndre Hopkins lineups unique because most Hopkins lineups will be attached to Kyler Murray and for good reason. But as we just talked about, he's a guy that can get there on, you know, 10 for 100 and zero touchdowns, have the bonus, got the catches, the yardage, the points, all that, maybe no touchdowns. And Kyler and, and, and let's say Drake does a lot of the work. And then you've, you're stuck with all your DeAndre Hopkins lineups with Kyler not being, quote unquote, the guy, right? So I do like that way to build with it as well. Um, what do we do now? So right away, we're going to go to Ridley because we just got the news that Julio Jones is going to be out. A lot of talk around him, but only 15%. And then even some of these other guys up here, where are you at here, Chris? Well, I think it certainly does benefit Ridley a little bit, but I, I also don't, I wouldn't overlook how much this benefits a guy like Russell Gage and especially Hayden Hurst. Uh, I mean, may, maybe it benefits Todd Gurley too. I hate to say that out loud. I don't, I don't know if that's a terrible <laughs> take, but I mean, there's just, you know, Julio was, someone who was getting, you know, a fairly equal percentage of the targets in the first, at least in the first week, as we saw Gage and Ridley. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't just automatically start applying all of Julio's target share over to Calvin Ridley. It certainly makes Calvin Ridley a uh, very, a much higher floor play. And it, it, 
it should appeal to you. So I, I would call him now a much stronger play than he was he was previously, but I, w- I wouldn't get carried away trying to lock button him in all your lineups because they, they are going to put in another wide receiver into the game. I don't know if it's Zacchaeus or if it's Blake, but they'll definitely have three wide receiver sets out there. And I would also, I would also characterize a guy like Hurst as a player who could become more involved in this game. So I'm definitely looking at Hurst as the guy who may be the overlooked piece that doesn't get as much roster uh, increase as far as ownership as Ridley does. Yeah. And I, I get it, right? I'm with you. And, and it's just this price. I do like Gage and Hurst more personally. I was sort of waiting on that update for that. You know, I'll get some Ridley in there, but the price is tough. And, you know, it, it goes right into this next range. And we're obviously not going to go through all of them. But, you know, Diggs right there. We talked about Josh Allen. I'm in on those game stacks. I'm in on Diggs. Talked about, you know, the Henry love that we've got a little bit that Henry could, you know, bounce right back after everyone was on him last week. And he, you know, sort of failed, if you want to call it that. Well, it's a great spot. And Minnesota's not in good shape from a defensive perspective this week. So I think there's an option there. I like the secondary stack of a guy like, uh, you know, Henry with a guy like Thielen. And then there's the Tampa Bay receivers. There's all those other Seattle Dallas guys. So what are you doing with sort of this entire 6K range? Just talk to me about two or three of your favorites or ways you're handling it. Well, I mean, certainly I'm going to, with all the game stacks, you I mean, you're going to see tons of Metcalf and Lockett in, in my builds. Uh, no, I'm playing more on FanDuel, but it's like kind of a similar situation over there. So, you know, you, the, the price points are, are very similar on, on Metcalf and Lockett there as well. So I'll, I'll be having a, a lot of lineups interchange uh, with those guys and certainly bring backs with Cooper uh, are, are going to be he- heavily involved in that. But I think, you know, if, if you want me to talk about like sort of off the board or, or plays that I think are better for, for tournaments at these exact same price points, I'm, tremendous plays in my estimation, like, Allen Robinson, 6.2, is going to be overlooked uh, more so than those other guys that we just talked about. Odell Beckham is going to be overlooked more so than the other guys that that were just mentioned. I I think that if you're going to do that Pittsburgh stack, Juju Smith-Schuster is like – no one cares about Juju Smith-Schuster. Everyone loves Deontay Johnson, and I get that. I think that's completely merited. I think that Deontay Johnson is probably, you know, sort of taking over the Antonio Brown role in that offense – uh, where Juju is sort of staying static. But the problem with that analysis is if Juju's staying static and if the Pittsburgh Steelers are anything close to that 2018 offense, Juju still had a hell of a year. So there's going to be a situation where this guy's going to be 2% owned. Everyone's going to go look to Deontay Johnson first, but I still don't think that Juju's dead in the water as far as having a big game is concerned. So if you're going to be really looking to, you know, you don't need nine low owned guys in a lineup, but if you're looking for one of your two, Juju could be one of those guys in that game stack. Yeah, I like that. Like you said, everyone wants to be on Deontay Johnson. You know what? You're allowed to play them both. You mentioned earlier, get a stack going, right? It's one of those things. Everyone just, oh, I'm going to play Deontay instead of stack it up. Like get them both in your lineups. Talk, you know, talked about Ben earlier. There's guys that you can use across on the Houston side. It'll be, you know, look at 1.5% Will Fuller at 6K. Like that's, to me, that's a great game stack that I made a note of to go, you know, I've got all these lineups left over. That probably is where I go right after this with these leftover lineups, because I think that's a very strong one. Uh, Edelman. If you do want to get a little bit, you know, risky, risque, if you want to call it with Cam and, and do put someone with him, he's made Edelman look pretty good. Edelman's 5%. You mentioned Robinson right there, 8%. Uh, DJ Moore, 6.1K. You normally don't see that, 7.3%. I know it's a Teddy Bridgewater rolling with him there, but it's just another spot. Uh, even McLaurin after last week. So move into this 5K range. I know you got AJ Green right at the top. Boyd, I already talked about liking those guys with Burrow. Talked about Marv Jones, you know, Brown fits the Allen stacks. Talk to me about guys like McLaurin, 
Hilton, and maybe Gallup that's going to be a little bit overlooked as far as that game is concerned. Yeah, so we'll talk about Gallup first. I mean, the, the issue that people are taking with Gallup is that they're, they're expecting him to have a big season. He was a season-long darling, comes out in the first two weeks, and we're seeing a lot of C.D. Lamb. We're seeing uh, a, a lot of Zeke Elliott. We're not seeing a lot of uh, Michael Gallup out there. Target shares uh, 13% and 10% in the first two weeks for Gallup. No real – I mean, he had the one big play, but generally speaking, we're not seeing as much as we thought we might. But what's really changed since week number one? What's, what's changed since the way we felt about this offense? Uh, what is it about the Seattle defense that should have us thinking – that Gallup can't be the one that has the huge game in week number three. I think that it's a tremendous oversight to, if you're making game stacks with Dallas and Seattle and not trying to get more Michael Gallup than CeeDee Lamb for sure. And probably more than Amari Cooper, if you ask me, because I do think that when you compare the upside to the ownership Gallup by far eclipses both of those players. Right. And the thing too, I was going to ask you because FanDuel uh, you know, I know we're talking about DraftKings here. I agree with you wholeheartedly on that. You know, Gallup, if you look here, another thing, nice thing, and I know other people bring their own projections in, but if you want to look at, and we've got the Blitz and all the other stuff that's great on Lineup HQ, but Gallup is actually projected for more than CD Lamb with a higher ceiling, with lower ownership. So, I mean, just talk about a good spot to just make one quick pivot. I've got shares of both of them. I like Lamb more. I think, you know, last week was a different situation. I know he got there in garbage time and I love that. And lamb got a little bit of a price bump. I thought it would hold his ownership down some, but with this seeing and just the oversight on Gallup, I've split it down a little bit more from there. I'm still overweight on lamb, but I'm also overweight on Gallup. Um, I want to talk to you quickly there though, about FanDuel because you know, the thing there is that it's all about the touchdowns, right? And you got now a guy like Cooper who, you know, he should be the touchdown guy, but you don't, you know, do you worry any about lamb? I guess is the main question here on a site like FanDuel, because it really is only a two-game sample size. You can't say this guy's not a touchdown guy, but yes, it seems like at 5.4K on DraftKings, just catching a bunch of balls in the slot, taking off with it, landing on the ground, and then maybe Zeke dumps it in. People are saying, ah, don't got to worry about it much, as much about the touchdowns on DraftKings as you do on FanDuel, but he's like, what is it, $1,600 cheaper than Cooper over on FanDuel? It's almost free in some cases, quote-unquote free, but what's your thoughts on that, and give me your, your take there. I mean, it's definitely Cooper and Gallup have higher touchdown equity than a guy like Lamb will have. But I, I wouldn't, if you're looking to try to tell that story in your lineup, I wouldn't shy away from him. It's not like this guy can't get in the end zone. I mean, he's a, he's a pretty elite talent. Uh, he's not, he's not some jabroni out there uh, like, like a Cole Beasley or something, you know, or like a Danny Amendola who's out there in the slot, just catching, you know, three and four yard deals and, and making all of his hay on PPR. I mean, this guy can break big plays. So this is a situation where you can definitely play him on FanDuel. I would not have the same concerns for him as a slot receiver as would for others. Yeah, I love the matchup. And like you said, can he make big plays? I mean, I know it was garbage time, but he literally made the 24 or 26-yard catch that put them in the field goal range to take that game down last week. This is a guy they've got full trust in. And like you said, when he catches one of those balls, it just reminds me of like a Hilton, like a T.Y. Hilton, who was another play we can talk about, or like a... Uh, um, uh, Odell Beckham, right? They say, what is it? He heals and elbows. Just it's takes off with it and he's gone. Right. And that's one of those guys that can do that. So for people to write him off as, you know, a not a touch, like he can't hit, get touchdowns for you on FanDuel. I just don't see that as being a tank. I do like him over there still and think it's a great play. Uh, real quick, McLaurin back to the well, had a great week last week. I know it's Haskins throwing him the ball, but they've always had that connection since college. And then T.Y. Hilton, the grandma narrative, you know, she said he hasn't been the same, but he is, I think, a great leverage play. Forget the grandma narrative, but the, the leverage play off of 
all the Jonathan Taylor. Like you said, it's almost like a thing in tournaments where it's hard to get overweight on him. You might even want to get underweight, and it's not like the Jets are a threat. So, you know, a guy like Rivers getting him the ball and he takes off with it, that's a good play in my eyes as well. Any thoughts on McLaurin and Hilton? Well, you look at 30% target share for McLaurin last week. We haven't projected for, uh, I think, 27 or 28% target share, which is something close to, you know, 8 to 10 targets if you're looking for, like, a range there as sort of what you can expect from this guy. And if you're getting 8 to 10 targets from a guy and he's going to be at this level of ownership and we've seen that he can go off for huge games, 47% of team air yards last week, I, I would call him – uh, pr- pretty much every single week, a potential tournament play. Just be, I mean, you're never going to look at the situation, uh, but for the best matchups with Dwayne Haskins at quarterback, you know, to McLaurin as like a severely uh, top level cash play, especially if he's priced appropriately. But as far as tournaments are concerned, anyone who has that kind of volume in an offense, that kind of target consolidation could have huge games. And I think that that's what we should be expecting from McLaurin pretty much throughout the season. Now you want to talk about T.Y. Hilton and the grandma narrative. Is grandma going to get in the coach's ear and tell the coaches not to have blockers out there for Jonathan Taylor in early downs? Because one of the things that I was <laughs> looking at last week on the screen was 56, 57% snap share for T.Y. Hilton. Uh, you know, if, if grandma can get the coaches to get him on the field for more than 57% of snaps, we might, we might feel a little bit better about it. But I think that that is sort of a hindrance uh, you know, not to say that his routes were, were were down in any particularly alarming level, but you know, you prefer to have your your players on the field if you're really going to fall in love with them, especially when they're huge favorites. Yeah, no, I'm with you there. I like I like McLaurin quite a bit. I think Hilton is fine as a leverage play, but you got to be a little bit careful with it. We got about. 18, just under 20 minutes to go here. So we, and we're not, we don't talk a lot about defense on this show because obviously it's, you know, for me, I know, I don't know how you do it, but I like to really spread it out at defense. We can't really predict that position. Anything can happen. You know, I like Indy. I like Tampa Bay. I like, you know, Philly, a few of these other ones, but I don't think it's as big of a deal. Uh, what about the Sean Jackson here as the ultimate leverage play? Or you compare him with Sanders, but talk to me about Deshaun Jackson at 5% ownership. Well, if you want to talk about Deshaun Jackson, you know, you're really you're talking about how is he going to get there? Like, what is the what, what's the story you're telling about Deshaun Jackson? Well, number one, you want to get him when he's low owned, which he is. Number two, you want to get him against a spot where there's potential efficiency, especially for big plays. I would characterize the Bengals as that you would prefer that his price point not be prohibitive, which we are also getting. So I think there's a lot of boxes checked here for when you're supposed to play Deshaun Jackson, which is why yeah. I will have some Deshaun Jackson in my build constructions this week on FanDuel uh, because I, I do think that there is a, probably a much better chance than 5% that he can get, I don't say much better, but I mean, I, w- I would say that he should be probably a little bit more owned than this if you're looking at his actual percentage to hit his GPP threshold. Yeah, it's like you say, any of these guys that are volatile like that, we always want to make sure this is the spots we're getting on them, right? They're they're cheap, they're they're low ownership, they're they're risky, but that's what we want for these large field tournaments. Going to bang through some other ones quick, just my thoughts, and then we'll move it over to tight end and get your thoughts. Uh, you know, Darius Slayton, got a little love for him. Obviously, we talked about the injury situations there with no Barkley and whatnot, uh, no Shepard, so I think that's a spot. Jerry Judy's going to give it a go. I'm not high on him. I just thought I'd bring that up right now because it was has been mentioned. Uh, who else? Uh, a couple of Nikhil Harry is one you can go back to. I uh, mentioned with Cam earlier. And then uh, maybe you want to comment on this. Is there anybody below 4K and then maybe – comment on the 3k guys because i know kj hamler was getting a little love and then uh, demir bird another guy that finally got some love last week from cam nine targets i think and obviously the narrative that he played with them before in 
Carolina, but it, it started to show up last week. So anybody else under 4K or anybody in that 3K range before we move to tight end? I'm a big fish in cash games, but I decided to enter a couple on DraftKings this week, and I think I will have K.J. Hamler in there. I haven't really made my final decision on which one of the builds I'm going to go with, but one of them does have Hamler. And so if you want to come try to find me there in the lobby and go ahead and get some free money, I may, may be playing a rookie in his second career game. He has the minimum salary, though, and we did see last week that he was involved at a high enough degree, especially with all these injuries, that you could, you're probably going to get enough to keep a, a cash line. I would, I would think the floor for that price point is pretty solid for a guy like Hamlet, who's pretty explosive. And, and, and talent-wise, it's certainly not the concern. Um, under 4K, what about Andy Isabella, right? So I don't, he's not going to be on the field as much as I think everyone wishes or dreams that he would be. But if you have a guy like Hopkins on the field, my hypo- hypothesis is that you're, you're just simply not going to be able to leave him alone by himself all you know all the entire game long like at some point in time you're going to try to have to help him in certain situations and that could leave a guy like Isabella open for the deep shot and I do expect that there's a probably a higher percentage than normal that he gets down the field for a big play this week uh, which could get you almost there at 3800 in one play yeah I forgot to mention him and thank you for bringing that up because I definitely have some shares of him and I think it was another way you talked about earlier not going to shy away from Arizona Detroit but how do we get a little bit more different or take on a little bit more risk and that's certainly a way to do it, right? You can put them with Hopkins. You can put them, you know, leave Drake out as leave that chalk out and use Isabella instead. You know, there's all kinds of ways to do it, even though different positions. The idea is just how you construct your overall build. So I definitely like that take. We're going to move it to tight end, move it. Like I said, run out of time here, just under 15 minutes. Again, smash the like button, subscribe to the channel. Producer Devin's going to drop the code in there so you guys can get full access to this. The last five minutes or so, I'm just going to show a few of the build rules. I talked about stacks a little bit earlier for those that missed it. But uh, talk to me about tight end, Chris. Where are you at here at this position? Some of your favorite plays. I think Hunter Henry is probably going to be a player that I'm going to have this week. Um, you, you look at the the usage in the first couple of weeks. This This offense has been certainly extremely run heavy. So it's not exactly a spot where the market share percentage means as much as it would on some of these higher volume teams. But I, th- I think in both week one and week two, he was over 20% of the team's targets. And I would expect that even, even if that comes down a little bit in this game, that against Carolina, this offense could operate a little bit more efficiently than we've seen in previous weeks. And he's certainly got the, the kind of profile that plays well near the end zone. So a guy like Henry at 4,800 is someone that I'm interested in pretty much in, in all formats. I think some other good plays at the tight end position uh, which is a little bit less uh, crystal clear as far as who the play is than most weeks. Uh, you got the Eagles tight ends, Ertz and Goddard, depending on your site. I think Ertz is probably a better play on DraftKings where he's only $200 more than Goddard, but on, on FanDuel, Goddard could be the superior play uh, price considered. Uh, you've got, you know, like a John who Smith is a player who had a lot of efficiency last week and certainly looks like he's becoming more involved in this offense. Jordan Reed is just 4K on DraftKings, and we saw he was able to get in the end zone twice uh, for the 49ers and they don't have a lot of passing game options and uh, it looks like a lot of people are interested in Logan Thomas I'm not as interested in that this week but the price point on DraftKings is really cheap so I could understand wanting to go there uh, final name I want to mention we mentioned him earlier Hayden Hurst great tournament play now with no Julio the upside is uh, pretty much as high as it gets for 4700 uh, I, w- I wouldn't call him like a, a complete, complete lock button play but if he's only going to be somewhere between five and ten percent owned I certainly think that he can get there at a greater percentage chance than that. 
Yeah, I do really like Hurst. Uh, you know, I mentioned that earlier, the the matchup for him. Uh, Chicago's down some guys over the middle, so I think that's a spot they're going to utilize. And now with no Julio, even before if they had Julio, I thought it was going to be a decoy situation. So I was already in on Hurst. Uh, I like Goddard. You know, I think, like you said, FanDuel makes a lot of sense as well. He's cheap over there. Uh, you mentioned being down a little bit on Logan Thomas. What about Jordan Reed? Because on FanDuel, or sorry, on DraftKings, that's sort of, I think, like maybe a cash game decision for some with 37 and 4K. Any thoughts on Jordan Reed now with uh, Mullins and with, you know, the snap share that, yes, he was only out there for the high value, kind of like a Mark Andrews last year where he was just out there with Lamar for 30, 40% of the snaps, but he was out there when they hit the end zone and the red zone. So any thoughts on Jordan Reed at 4K? Well, my thoughts on him is that if they get into like the five yard range, they have designed plays for him, right? So if they brick on, a, on an early down rush attempt to get in the end zone and keep in mind, they're going to be rushing Jeff Wilson Jr., and Jarek McKinnon down there. They're going to line up Jordan Reed in the slot, and he has this like in-breaking slant where he just bodies up on the defender. And it's a, it's you know, we, I think we saw it in Washington. I'm not sure. If, was he there when Shanahan was there? I know I, it looks familiar to me. I can tell you that. I can tell you I've seen Jordan Reed do this before, and we saw him do it again last week. And I would expect that if they get in that area of the field, he has a high percentage chance of being involved in the offense. Two targets inside the five, in fact, per greater on IQ last week. So, yeah, let's go ahead and consider Jordan Reed at 4k because the touchdown equity can easily get him there. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things, right? There's an opportunity there for him. Uh, you know, the, the old school, you know, the guys with Reed and, and McKinnon and, and you can mix that in if you want to get crazy with a Mullins lineup or something, but you know, run it back with Slayton maybe for the big, big hit play, you know, the home run hit that he can do. But yeah, the other guys for me, just I'll mention them and I'm going to go into some of the build rules with you right quick with the last 10 minutes here. But uh, Evan Ingram, Speaking of that game, you know, the opposite side, I, I do think he's a guy that's decent, fair price, you know, kind of pay up a little bit, only 3% ownership. I had it sort of by ownership, but that's what I'm going through. Uh, Eric Bimeford did have him tag. And he has Sample, who I mentioned earlier. So I actually like Sample. I've got some shares of him, but obviously that goes with my Burrow hot take. I think that's a guy. And, you know, CJ Uzoma before the injury was just getting dialed in. I don't know if it's the rookie quarterback thing or just the tight end love from a guy like Burrow, but I think it, I don't think it matters who's there. And a 3.5K against this D, I think I'm fine with this play down here. Uh, Dan Arnold, got a little bit of shares of him. I, I just bring him up because I'm trying to bring up as many as I can quickly here. But uh, another guy that you could get different in your Kyler stacks with, right? You could have Kyler, uh, Isabella, and Arnold, and all the money in the world to spend if you want to get a little different within that game. Any thoughts on any of these other guys down here? And then I'm going to move to the build rules. Yeah, so we mentioned Akins earlier. I think that that's a player that you need to consider uh, in, in, you know, in some of those game stacks, uh, I, you know, I, as far as, uh, Dan Arnold's concerned, I'm going to have a couple of teams of him. I'm not, I'm not quite as sure. Who was the other guy you just mentioned that I'm not I'm, sample. Drew, so Drew sample, like, so I get it with sample. He got a lot of targets last week. They threw it a tremendous number of times. This guy's not an explosive player. I mean, he's not like, he's not like completely washed, but I mean, he's just like, he's not like, he's not going to bust a big play by, by my estimation. So he's going to have to score, uh, at least twice if you want him to win a, a tournament. I mean, I mean, for cash games, I can see it for tournaments. I'm not probably as high on sample. You got to get a sample, a sample. Come on now, Chris. It's right there, man. The thing's sitting there right in front of your face, but I get it. I, I'm, I, I, I see it. I'm not, I'm not disputing that it's possible. It's just not something I'm doing. Joe Burrow breakout week. Let's go. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the build rules. Like I said, we only got about seven, 10 minutes, seven, less than 10 minutes, around seven minutes left to go. Uh, when you're using this you know, tool lineup HQ and I'll go through some of my stuff, but any of the sort of must-have rules that you use every time when you're starting to build out? Yeah, so I'm not one of these guys that likes to get on like a 
like a super, super condensed core. I like to have a, a more stretch. I, I like the dots to be lined up the entire way on the, on, on the, on the, you know, currently winning screen. So I do want to have the unique player set pretty high most of the time because I want to get a diversity of lineups. I want to be setting rules that gets me spread out so that I'm not, you know, trying to have my week hedge on one specific kind of roster construction. I think that's very easy to happen. If you set an optimal builds, you don't move the unique players up. You're going to have a very contense build. And that's fine if that's how you want to play. If you want to play boom bust, heavy swings, go ahead and move the unique players down to a lower setting. But I like to slide up to a higher setting. I like to try to just find that one lineup that runs away from everything and try to have a lot of different correlated harmonious shots at that. Right. So uh, how many unique players are you typically using in your builds? It's three or four a, a lot of the time. I mean, certainly in, in you know, in, in, in other sports, it's going to be, it's going to be pretty high in football, depending on what I'm having for the stack settings. Like, like, let's say if I wanted to run up, you know, like if I'm going to lock in four guys and run a build of just one stack, I'm not going to have the unique players up that high, but if I'm right. just running it, let, letting the builder do the job, three or four is generally where I'm going to be running. Was just going to talk about that. I'm glad you brought that up. I like four, but the way I build, and that's why this tool is so phenomenal. Like I said, you should, you got to sign up, get this. If you don't have lineup HQ, you're, you're behind because what I'll do is when I'm building by quarterback is typically what I'll do. Once I set up everything, I'll get four and I'll build like 40 lineups to pick 20. Because like I said, I'm going to build the 40 out. I want them to have me to have some options. Let's see. I don't want to just see, Oh, what was that? I'm trying to see what the two V two is. I want to see, four V fours at least. So I want to do, you know, I want to be able to pick and choose. I call it virtual hand building as I'm going through what makes sense. What's the total ownership? What's all that? So that's one of the things I like to play with. Uh, Exposures is up to you. Like I said, it's, you know, whatever you are, I don't care about quarterback because I'm building by quarterback, but running back like this week, like I said, I'm a 65% guy. It's Miles Sanders. That's where I'm going to cap out at wide receiver. I typically don't like too much here because I want to space it out as much as possible because it is a very volatile position. Tight end, sort of the same way, maybe 20, 25. Defense, I mean, I might be 15 in some cases. And I'll also typically look to not maybe fade the number one owned defense, but I'll certainly be lower on the number one owned defense unless there's a really good reason. Like this week, I don't hate Indy because I just don't see when you got Braxton Berrios for the for the Jets as a guy that you're talking about being a a playmaker this week. And even he's questionable. How does this Jets team even move the ball? So, uh, you know, for that, I'm, I'm good on taking a little bit more of a stance there and then don't have to worry about anything else. Money. I'm typically 49 to 50 and then looking through it. Talk to me about flex exposure real quick. we got about five minutes left and we'll get to final thoughts in a second. Uh, I really don't like using tight end, but that being said, then it becomes tough on running back and wide receiver. How much do you want to give to each? Is there anything that you do particularly with this flex exposure tool? Yeah, so if you, you run a tool like Slate IQ, you see that, generally speaking, the top 0.1% of lineups are using running back in the flex roughly 60% of the time most weeks, somewhere in, somewhere in that general ballpark over the past three years. So I'm looking to mirror that to some degree. I'm looking to get a lot more running backs in the flex than I am wide receivers. But we do see also that there is, like, I don't know, last week I think a tight end in the flex won on DraftKings. I think Jordan Reed uh, was, was a second tight end that was in that. That's, that's only going to happen about 9% of the time. So you don't want to have too many tight ends in there. And I would reserve maybe 30, 35, 40% for your wide receivers. Yeah, that's sort of where I'm at too. Like I said, it's typically that way. You know, if you want to do something, you can. Again, like I said, I'm building, you know, 40 to 50 to pick 20. So you might want to have something like this. Right? Get your other up there and you've got, you know, 
max it out that way. There's your 100%, and you can see it. And then lastly, you know, that's just a way if you want to see some of those double tight end stacks. I just find that what ends up happening is with projection systems and points per dollar and the way it works out is it does typically, if you don't change it, it does like two tight end lineups because they show pretty well when it comes down to point per projection. It lets you get all these other studs in there. But like I say, those can have, especially a wide receiver, some higher bust rates. But again, going back to slate IQ and seeing that stuff. And then also the ceiling is typically capped at tight end. Sometimes you'll be able to get there. Like you say, if you got your Ertz's for cheap or your Ingram's on an injury week like this. So I could see it this week uh, a certain way like that, but it'd be normally a little bit tougher to see. Uh, lastly, anything with the ownership settings that you do, we got about three minutes left here as far as total owner lineup ownership or even touching the min in some cases. So you're not too quote unquote too contrarian. So you don't get ripped on Twitter for having a, a less than optimal build. There's some there's some sports where I'll use that max total lineup ownership, and I think it's fair to do that. I think a lot of people do in NFL. One of the ways I like to handle it is I prefer to look at not necessarily just the total lineup ownership. I like to make a big group of guys under 10% owned and say, give me two, because I know that in most lineups, or, or at least or one to two, right? Give me one to two of these guys. You know that most winning lineups in these tournaments are going to have one to two guys that are of a low ownership percentage, You know, certainly less so owned than the field will have them. I will definitely want to make sure that I have something that's just re- ridiculously unique or at least under 10% in every single build that I'm going to make if I'm playing in one of these massive millionaire maker tournaments. So that's really the way that I'll handle controlling my ownership versus setting the max ownership setting. Right. And I'm pretty much the same. Like I am looking for that. And that goes back to the virtual hand build. We didn't mess with enough settings to show up, but before we get final thoughts here with two minutes to go, just show, you know, look at this percentage owned 197 Obviously, this is extremely chalky. So one of the things I'd be looking for is either going back to set this down or sort of looking for the next best. Look at this. This lineup here is for 158 projected points. This one's for 157. I haven't went into the builds. I don't really care so much right now because it's just showing what we've been talking about. But 142%, now you've got some of these lower-owned guys in your lineup and a much more unique build with 100 bucks on the table instead of a max salary much less on the ownership levels of 50% less, but less than a point or, or a point and change 1.34 or 1.32, sorry, less than the lineup above it. So just little ways to look at it. I'll expand more on that in future shows, maybe some tutorials as we go along a uh, minute to go here, Chris, final thoughts for week three before we get out of here. Yeah. I mean, just the final thought that I have here is that if you're going to go like overweight on any of the chalk, I definitely think that that player should be, Miles Sanders this week. I, I'm expecting him to have, uh, at minimum, a, ga- a game that doesn't ruin the bulk of your lineups, depending on format. Uh, if you're playing in a tournament, he might not be as likely to get there. But I'm certainly projecting him to be someone who is very unlikely to make you have a poor day. And as far as the tournament's concerned, I think the one game that I'm most interested in being on that pretty much no one else is on is that Houston and Pittsburgh game. I'll probably have you know four or five times more than everyone else has. Yeah, I'm with you there. My, mine's Cincy Philly, right? I talked about it. You nailed the Miles Sanders call. I think we went into good depth on that. Thank you to everybody for joining us this week. We appreciate it. Again, hit the like button, subscribe. There's more free shows coming up next. Thanks for joining me. For Chris, myself, producer Devin, thank you and good luck.
You're here back in the Fantasy Bar, six of my favorite plays for big week three, including my favorite boom bust play of the week, a running back that's going completely overlooked this week, my favorite quarterback play, and of course, my beast of the week. Who is it? Belly up to the Fantasy Bar and find out. Welcome in, guys. Week three edition Beers Daily Fantasy Six Pack. Good to be back here once again in the Fantasy Bar talking daily fantasy football on both DraftKings and FanDuel. Guys, before we get into the place here for week three, do me a favor. Make sure you click that thumbs up button. You guys are crushing it there. I appreciate it. Let's see if we can get to 1,000 likes on the video this week, guys. Again, thank you so much for that. Also, make sure you subscribe to the channel. Get notified when these videos are coming out. Also, special offer only for the bar patrons here. Rotogrinders.com slash beer for $5 off. A core four premium subscription that's going to cover you not only for football, guys, the rest of baseball season, the rest of NBA, and, of course, PGA Tour Golf. All the premium content you need for all four sports under one umbrella, including our lineup HQ tool. Makes life very easy to make one or 150 lineups very, very quickly. Projections, ownership projections, everything you need to help make you a better daily fantasy player. Rotogrinders.com slash beer. All right, let's talk some week three. Should be a fun week. A lot of great games on the schedule. We've narrowed things down to six of my favorite plays. Let's start at the wide receiver position with Allen Robinson of the Bears. So slow start in the box scores here for Allen Robinson, but the encouraging thing is nine targets in each of the first two games. So certainly getting the looks, and I know the targets coming from Mitch Trubisky can be a bit off, and we've seen that. Some erratic throws here, but this is a matchup even Mitchell Trubisky should be able to find success through the air. The Falcons allowing almost 500 yards per game of total offense, giving up 39 points per game. We all saw that epic collapse against the Dallas Cowboys in week two. They're getting torched by wide receivers as well. We saw CeeDee Lamb have a big game last week. Fifth most fantasy points allowed to the wide receiver position through the first two weeks of the season. So this defense is absolutely terrible. Allen Robinson should be a lock once again for nine plus targets here. And I think he gets it going here in a big way against this Atlanta Falcons defense. All right, let's go to the mid-range at the running back position. A guy I think is underpriced right now, Joshua Kelly of the Chargers. So you look at last week, game against the Chiefs, 25 touches in that game for Josh Kelly, including 23 carries. And this is a Chargers team really looking to establish the run with their connection here of Joshua Kelly and Austin Eckler, who I also like in this game. But let's take the discount on Josh Kelly, only 5,000 over on DraftKings and really like to play, even though he's more expensive on Fandle, touchdowns weigh a lot more heavy over there. So under 6K for a guy gonna get 20 carries against a horrible team against the run, like the Carolina Panthers. Who you see on the graphic there, no team is worse against the run than the Carolina Panthers, and it's really not even close. They haven't shown the ability to slow anybody down. All of last season and the first two weeks of this season, same thing, teams are pounding the ball against this team finding a ton of success here. The Chargers, nice home favorites here. We know that's a great spot to target your running backs. Nice team total here. And with a rookie under center, look good last week. I think you're going to get a big dose of Joshua Kelly against this terrible Carolina Panthers defense. All right, let's go to the other side of that game. An interesting play here. I mentioned a boom bust play in the beginning. Let's go back to wide receiver Curtis Samuel of the Panthers. 
Now we know it's been Robbie Anderson tearing it up. DJ Moore is going to get his numbers and you take Christian McCaffrey out of this lineup. And we saw Mike Davis be very involved in the passing game, but I have a sneaking suspicion. They're really going to get creative and use Curtis Samuel as more of a running back this week. So one of those like hybrid type roles where he's going to see some carries, going to get some targets in the offense, did see eight targets in week one. So those other guys putting up the numbers, grabbing the headlines here, but let's not sleep on Curtis Samuel going back to his days at Ohio State, played a ton of running back, and I think we're going to see that here this week against the Chargers. Now, no Christian McCaffrey. We know that is a big void to fill. Not one man, not two men. Nobody's going to fill those shoes. But what it does is spread a ton of touches around to the rest of these Panthers skill players here. And Samuel may not be a cash game play. A little too risky there for most people. And maybe even GPPs. Guys, this one, definitely not for the faint of heart here. But the beer got really talking to me here on this one. The price is absolutely fair to take a few shots in your tournament allocation. Definitely boom bust here for Curtis Samuel. But if we can get a ceiling here, even in a tougher matchup, the ownership should be very, very minimal here. Get some exposure to Curtis Samuel this weekend against the Chargers. All right, let's stay in the cheap seats here. Another value play for you at the tight end position, Drew Sample of the Bengals. So we had a lot of new tight ends kind of jump on the scene here. Dalton Schultz with the Cowboys, Mo Ali cox with the Colts, but Drew Sample really looked great. If you watch that game against Cleveland, this is a guy that looked outstanding and has been known as more of a blocker, but looked great as a pass catcher. And Joe Burrow really leaned heavily on him towards the end of that game. And I know a lot of that was garbage time production, but when a guy's getting nine targets, when a guy has four red zone targets already through two weeks, so this is a guy they're clearly gonna look for throughout the game, and especially when they get down close, AJ Green piling up the air yards, but the production just not there. Drew Sample just might be their best red zone weapon. And the Eagles, and I put defense in air quotes here, three touchdowns last week to Tyler Higby. The week before that, Logan Thomas put big numbers on the board, and I'm expecting Philadelphia to play from ahead, play with a lead. That means even more air yards, more attempts here for Joe Burrow. I think you're going to get a lot of Drew Sample in this game against the Philadelphia Eagles. All right, let's go to the quarterback position here. A guy I'm loving this week towards the higher end, Cam Newton of the Patriots. Now, I think what's going to happen here, you're going to get a lot of people going to Russell Wilson, Dak Prescott in that big game. No problem with that, but let me save some money here and go back to Cam Newton, who's really turned the clock back and has looked good. In week one, we saw him dominate on the ground against the Miami Dolphins, and then last week looked outstanding in that game against Seattle through the air. Made some pinpoint passes and some very accurate throws that we just have not seen from Cam Newton. So let's take a look. At the slate in general, the Patriots' fourth highest implied team total this week. Almost four touchdowns expected here for New England against the Las Vegas Raiders, and he gives you that ceiling, you know, that, that Lamar Patrick Mahomes type ceiling, and I don't think that's out of the realm of possibilities where you can put up a massive game like those guys do, and you're not paying $8,500, $9,000 for it. Cam's price jumped up. It did not jump high enough here, and I think he crushes it once again here in this matchup against the Las Vegas Raiders. All right, it's time to take a look at my favorite play for week three. But before we do that, guys, it's contest time. That's right. We're going to run it back with the Beast of the Week contest. Very simple. All you got to do, make sure you like the video to play here. But get in the comment section right below the video and guess fantasy points for my Beast of the Week. Closest guests will win themselves a free week of Roto-Grinders Premium. Get a chance to get in there and check everything out. If you're already a loyal subscriber and you take this down, Hey, we'll send you a free Roto-Grinders t-shirt just for playing. So let's take a look. My favorite play for week three, you know, Matt, the beast of the week.
right, Beast, time we owe you one more running back. I'm going to Philadelphia. I'm rolling with Miles Sanders against the Bengals this week's Beast of the Week. Now, two things really stand out here. A, the matchup here against the Cincinnati Bengals, absolutely elite. We saw both Cleveland running backs go nuts against this team. We saw the Chargers look good in week one against this team on the ground. And the other thing, the price really stands out here. This is the most underpriced guy and the best buy low in all of DFS on both sites to see his prices this low. Absolutely ludicrous. So the ownership will reflect that. Miles Sanders is going to be a popular play this week. Cash games, I think he's a lock and load in tournaments. I want to be aggressive here. I want to be over the field on that number. So make sure Miles Sanders is a big part of your builds. But let's take a look at the numbers here. Came back last week off of injury. I know a lot of people hesitated to get him in those lineups. 27 opportunities. Turned that into 23 touches last week against a Rams defense. That's much better than the Cincinnati Bengals defense he's going to face this year. Bengals giving up 185 rushing yards per game. Already bottom 10 in DVOA against the run through the first two weeks. Same thing last season. This is a bad defense that cannot stop the run. Sanders is going to be involved in the passing game as well. And the price is simply way too cheap. At least $1,000. Hey guys, what is up and welcome to Crunch Time NFL Edition, which is the best of all the Crunch Times. It's the most fun sport for DFS, and we are joined by two very sharp NFL minds. One, we have Mr. Dan Gasper, a.k.a. Tuttle. What up, Tuttle? Not much. How's it going over there? It's terrible. It's awful. I'm wearing a. I'm trying to support my Giants, which was already sad because they suck, and now they don't have the only good thing about the team to watch in Saquon. So now it's just like, what do I do this season? Just, I just watch them get their ass kicked every time? <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's not fun. I'm not enjoying it. Um, but that's what's up by me. Uh, we also have Christy joining us. And Christy, you have gotten off to a very good start here on NFL. And you got you to gotta keep the train rolling. How are you? That's right. I'm doing great. Yeah, ready for week three and ready for a good week, especially after last week with all the injuries, like you mentioned with Barkley and things like that, ready to... Ready to get going. Okay. Well, yeah, we need to get the right players and also get the right guys who don't lose ACLs in the middle of the game. So (laughs) it's a a little added challenge there. Uh, I do want to say if you're not a member of Roto-Grinders Premium, now is a good time to become one because we have a deal for you. It's already the best deal in the business, and we're actually giving you a discount on top of that excellent deal. So Devin is going to go ahead and pop that in the chat for you. Also, We have a crunch time tournament ongoing, and that means that you get to play against me. And I am the biggest fish ever. I played Rob Gronkowski in week one. You literally could not have softer competition than getting in against me. And I think it's just $3 to enter, so it's fun. If you win, you get a very soft Roto-Grinders t-shirt, amongst other things. Uh, I think you get a month of free premium. If uh, Yeah, Devin giving me the nod on that one month. The last time I said, 
a week. I keep doing that. I keep <laughs> I keep giving up way too much free stuff. You get a week of free You're premium. So friendly. I am. I just keep giving away the goods. But we'll also give you a, a very cozy Roto Grinders t-shirt to hook it up. Um, that is enough of the old back and forth rigmarole. I think we dive on into the slate and we should start with Christy talking about the old QBs. Yeah. So for quarterbacks this week, I think, you know, especially on DK, Kyler Murray is going to be, you know, a pretty chalky play this week. His price is, is, is very good on DK. It's good on FanDuel as well. Um, but I think he's going to be very popular. Um, I also like Russell Wilson uh, quite a bit. Um, that is a very high scoring total in that game. You know, both he and Dak Prescott, I think, are going to be very good plays. And then also I would throw out there too Cam Newton, who has just been putting up a ton of points, getting a lot of rushing um, touchdowns himself, carrying the load that way. I think he also makes for, for a good play. Um, those are a few that I'm kind of looking for at the top there. Okay. You mentioned Kyler Murray off the top and you said he will be very popular, but you didn't necessarily say like, and I'm on him. Yeah, Are I you... am on him. Yes, okay. I am. Yep. He's actually one of, one of my top plays for sure this week. Um, I definitely have, you know, he's probably one of my more popular quarterbacks actually. Okay. Good to know. Uh, Tuttle, let's talk about some GPP plays here. And unless there's one of those guys that you felt is egregious and you fully disagree with, then by all means, y'all can duke it out. No, nothing's egregious there. Um, I think in all likelihood, Kyler Murray's probably getting a little bit overprojected, but I'm still playing him. Um, I still have him in my cash lineup on DraftKings. Uh, I think it's just a, it's still a good spot for him. Um, one of the better game environments of the slate. I don't think he's going to run, and we can't rely on him to run as much as he has. Um, so I think for that reason, I th- do think he's probably getting overprojected a little bit. And I think he makes like a strong pivot off of in tournaments. I don't think he's a, a tournament lock, but he is still my cash game play um, on both DraftKings and FanDuel. Um, in terms of tournaments, I like going kind of to the tier down to the high 5K range on DraftKings specifically. Um, I think there's some sneakier options you can go in that within that range. You can go, we were talking pre-show about the Bears. You can go Trubisky uh, and stack him with Allen Robinson if you want. Uh, but myself, my my main GPP quarterback, and I kind of hate myself for this, uh, but he's in my main lineup, a game that I think is going to be kind of sneakily low-owned, and I think it could be sneaky fast, is that Rams-Buffalo game. Um, so I'm actually got a lot of Jared Goff, uh, pairing Goff with Cub, pairing him with Robert Woods. And I think he makes for a fine tournament option. He's He's a non-sexy tournament option, but I think he's a fine tournament option still. And the other guy that I would look to in that kind of high 5K range on DraftKings, I think Carson Wentz, he's been atrocious so far this season, but it's a pretty good matchup for him. Uh, We know his target share is pretty heavily concentrated between the two tight ends and and Deshaun Jackson. So he's somebody that's pretty easy to stack with, which makes him a pretty strong tournament target. Okay. You did remind me when you mentioned the Buffalo game that that is one of the two wind games on the slate. Uh, it's 15 to 20 mile per hour sustained winds in both Buffalo and in Denver. Neither of those winds are, you can't move the ball strong, but it is one or two deep throws could get hung up and, and could have some impact. Deeper kicks could be impacted. But again, I don't think you need to fade it, especially if you're trying to win a, a GPP and it's coming in at lower ownership uh, just for whatever that's worth. Tuttle, why don't we talk about some of the wide receivers that you are most interested in? Unless Christy, do you have, a different quarterback that's extra sneaky that wasn't mentioned? No, I, you know, like we said, we talked about Trubisky a little bit and, you know, especially in DraftKings, they priced him up a little bit on FanDuel this week, but 
I, I do think he makes a good play just because when we get to receivers, Allen Robinson is one of one of my favorite receiver plays on the day. Okay, excellent. Tuttle, talk about some of these other receivers. Yeah, receiver, running back, it's actually a pretty loaded week um, at all positions here. Receiver, I think there's going to be a lot of people going to the DeAndre Hopkins train. He's been dominant the first two weeks of this season. I think he's a very strong uh, play in all formats. I don't think you have to play him. I think one of the decisions on DraftKings specifically in cash games is going to be if you want to play DeAndre Hopkins in a cheap receiver or if you want to settle in more on two receivers in that mid-tier range. And I'm personally settling in in the mid-tier range with guys like Deontay Johnson and CeeDee Lamb. I think they're still they're, – they're price hiked a little bit after last week, but I still think they're probably a little too cheap for what they are. So I do prefer going in that mid-tier range over – jamming DeAndre Hopkins in in cash games. Um, Other guys, I think I like both uh, Seattle receivers. Um, I like the Seattle receivers more than the Dallas receivers. They're forced to choose in that game. That game is expected to be a shootout. I like Lockett over Metcalf, but I think both are tremendous plays. I'd like Lockett, especially on DraftKings, where you get the point per reception. Metcalf is kind of, he's he's had a good start to the season, no doubt, but he's also been buoyed by a couple of touchdowns in each of the first two games. I think Lockett just has that safer kind of point per per dollar floor. Uh, Christy mentioned Allen Robinson. I think he's an excellent tournament option. I think you could actually get away with playing him in cash games as well if you wanted to. He's got a nicer price tag, though, on DraftKings than FanDuel. Um, and then the other guy that I'll mention, I mentioned that I'm, I'm heavy on golf in, in tournaments. So he, I'm pairing him with Cooper cup quite a bit as well. Good stuff. Tuttle, Christy, any other thoughts there at wide receiver? Yeah, I would say, you know, I like all those plays too. Um, Kelvin Ridley, of course, you know, with, uh, Julio being out this week, I think he makes a very good play. Um, I definitely have some interest in Thielen. I think that the Minnesota Tennessee game could be a little bit, uh, you know, sneaky too. And I think, I think he will be a little bit overlooked as well. Um, and then I like a lot of those Dallas guys, like you mentioned too, C. Lamb, uh, Cooper. They're certainly going to get their targets. I think Gallup will be a little bit overlooked, but I think he, he definitely makes some sense as well. And then going down, you know, digging down just a little bit deeper, I do like um, Slayton for the Giants this week. I think, you know, with all the injuries um, that they have there, I think he makes a really good play and, and he's pretty cheap on – on both sides. I think he's 4,900 on DK and maybe 5,600 or so on, on FanDuel. He and Daniel Jones have kind of a connection. They kind of, they have a thing going on. Like he's, they're each other's boys. So, uh, all right. I like that play. Uh, anything else there at receiver or shall we move along? Yeah. So there's uh, a couple things I guess we should touch on. We got a question in chat that I'll go over. And then also I wanted to throw this out there. He's a guy that I don't have like any of myself, but I just have this feeling that he's, he's going to go off. Uh, Brandon Ayuk for the, the 49ers, they don't have a whole lot of their, or a lot of their offensive weapons are, are down with injury. He's a guy that's really hard to play, but he's, he's going to be like 1% owned. And it wouldn't be surprising to me if he found the end zone, got, you know, six to eight targets in, in this matchup against the Giants. So I think he's a, uh, an interesting tournament option. Uh, but we have the question on who is the cheap wide DK or who is the cheap wide receiver on DraftKings for cash games. Yep. I think it's KJ Hamler. Um, it doesn't feel all that great, but you know, he's going to be on the field. Uh, he's only three K. I do like him from a point per dollar perspective more than like we have Adam Humphreys mentioned. Um, and Ho- Chris Hogan mentioned, I-, I-, I prefer Hamler over those two options. And he's the guy that I would go to if playing him. 
Okay, good stuff. Let's talk about some of these running backs, Christy. Um, I obviously went out of order. We'll pretend it was intentional, but let's go over the running back position and some of the stud running backs that we're used to are injured and out. So what do we got? Exactly, which which leaves us with some plays um, a little bit site dependent too, but Jonathan Taylor, especially on FanDuel, um, makes just a great play. He's $6,700. Um, he really makes a lot of things work. Um, Miles Sanders, I think, is another play that's great. He's 6,400 on DK. Um, he's 7,400 on FanDuel, but makes a great play there. Um, Kenyon Drake, you know, we talked a little bit about, you know, Murray and not always getting all of those goal line, you know, carries. I think Drake is going to start to get some more of those touchdowns. I think he's in a great spot. He's got a great price going for him this week. And then someone else I'm finding in um, my tournament lineups too, Derek Henry, I really like this week. I think, you know, that game, I mean, Minnesota hasn't been able to stop anybody. And I just think Derek is in a really good spot there. Um, you know, and then Zeke too, you know, at, at the top, he's, he's priced up there, but, um, that game obviously has a very high total and I think he, he makes a fine play as well. Okay. Tuttle, you got anything else? I mean, some of those people, you know, I'm looking at the tags here on Taylor Sanders and Drake, and they've all got a whole lot of tags. What do you have that you like for tournaments that might be a little off from that? Yeah. Tournaments. Um, I think James Conner. Is going to be under-owned. I like him. I like him stacking him or correlating him with the uh, Pittsburgh defense. I don't think Pittsburgh defense is going to be all that heavily owned, and I think they have a really good pressure matchup. So I do like the Connor-Pittsburgh defense as a correlation play in tournaments. Uh, Devin Singletary should have the value tag for me. I guess I only put him on DraftKings just because I don't think you need to go there on FanDuel. Mm-hmm. Um, on DraftKings, you see I, I have Devin Singletary with the value tag. I think he, for his price, um, is a pretty good option, and you can play him in all formats as well um, with Zach Moss out of the picture. I think you're probably looking around 70% of the, the running back snaps for, for Singletary. And so at 4,900 on DraftKings, I like him. But like I said, on, on FanDuel, I don't really think you have to go that way uh, just because Kenyon Drake is so cheap um, and Jonathan Taylor is so cheap on, on FanDuel as well. But yeah, uh, for tournaments, I think the top guys for me are James Conner um, is really, the, I guess, the top tournament option for me. Okay, excellent stuff. Let's keep this rolling on into the tight end position. And Tuttle, you can go first with some of those cash options. So this is where it's tough uh, for DraftKings specifically. DraftKings lineup construction is difficult for cash games just because the tight end position. Tight end position went off last week. Mm-hmm. We don't really have a whole lot that would indicate that it's going to go bonkers again this week. So it's a position naturally that I want to save a little bit of money at, but the only one I really feel all that comfortable with is Logan Thomas at 3,700. Uh, so he is the guy that I am playing in cash game lineups on, on DraftKings. I do think he's also a fine tournament option. I still, he hasn't done great in terms of producing fantasy points. He's been all right, but he's getting the targets and he's on the field, which is more than we can say about a lot of these other guys. Um, on FanDuel, I think the cash game option is you're settling with somebody down in that 5K range. And the guy that stands out to me down there is Dallas Goddard at only 5,200. Um, and I think he's the top cash option on FanDuel. Uh, but if you're pivoting off of Goddard on FanDuel, then I would still kind of stick in that same price range. Um, so that's like a Johnny Smith, if you can get the 400 more, a TJ Hawkinson, or even a Logan Thomas as well. Okay, Christy, talk to me about Logan Thomas a little bit. He's got three tags. He seems to be everyone's kind of like, this is the guy that you play. Uh, are you interested in fading him in tournaments, or is this the good kind of chalk that you want to you eat it up? 
Yeah, you know, I'm actually, I'm not using, I'm, I'm finding my builds not really using him much. I think he's a little bit better play on DK. I think he's $4,900 on FanDuel. Um, I'm finding myself on FanDuel more in that 5K range too, saving a little bit of money just to get some of the um, other key players um, at running back and receiver. So, you know, I find myself liking the Goddards, the John o. Smith, um, a little bit more, I should say. Um, I do think, you know, Hayden Hurst, I think, makes a great play too. Um, you know, especially with Julio out. So he's someone that I'm taking a look at. And then Evan Ingram, his price on FanDuel is very good too. You know, he's just under 6K. Um, I don't think there'll be that many people on him. And then TJ Hawkinson, like we mentioned, I know Arizona hasn't been quite um, as bad this year against the tight end, but I still think, you know, um, with Galladay not 100%, I think he makes a great play too. Okay. These are all very clever options. And let's talk about the defense here. And Christy, you can go first. What's the chalky defense? What's the right play? And then we can talk about what is, you know, an interesting play. Yeah. Well, I think I'm FanDuel to start with. I think the Tampa Bay Bucks, it just seems like a misprice to me because it's $3,800. It really makes a lot work. I think they're a very good defense and um, pretty inexpensive too. Um, If you're looking at ownership, I think think the Colts are going to carry some ownership. The Eagles, the Eagles in particular, I think on DraftKings is going to be um, a pretty popular play over there. Um, and then I think, you know, the Chargers and Patriots too, I think they will carry some ownership, but I, I think, I think, you know, for me, I'm looking to save, especially on FanDuel with, with something like the Bucks or maybe even the Browns. All right. Tuttle, you have a strong take here on defense. I know it's incredibly volatile. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love it. Right. Um, no defense on FanDuel for me is Tampa Bay. I think they're just way too cheap. Uh, you can see here on lineup HQ, they're Derek Cardi's top projected defense, and they're only 3800 I think they're the moving cash games. You can also play the Cleveland Browns for only $100 more um, in all formats. On DraftKings, Eagles are the cheap defense that I would be going to. And then I mentioned I like the Steelers a ton for tournaments. I like the Steelers as tournaments as well as then the Colts. Um, People don't like to pay up for defense, and paying up for defense hasn't worked very often this year, but I do think it's a slate where you can do so, and it's it's something I'll be doing quite a bit as well. Okay, great. We still have 13 or so minutes. Let's talk about some of these game stacks or at least team stacks that you are most interested in. And Tuttle, I will let you start. Uh, I guess you can talk about the chalk and then give me one other one. You can't say Pittsburgh because you already went there with the Pittsburgh running back defense correlation, but go for it. Yeah, and then I've also mentioned the the Rams. I like them quite a right. bit. Um, I think the chalky stacks for sure are going to be the Dallas-Seattle uh, game and Detroit-Arizona. I think that's completely fine, especially if you're playing single entry, but don't expect any sort of ownership discount on that game. So again, my favorite game, I guess, off of that stack would be the, the Rams-Buffalo, um, and then filling in kind of one-off pieces from those chalkier games. So, you know, Kenyon Drake with those stacks as well. Um, one thing I did not mention that I like quite a bit, I I don't know if I can advocate for, for a full out charger stack, um, but I do like Hunter Henry quite a bit. He saw more targets with uh, Herbert under center. And I also like, I actually like the recatching uh, or uh, passing game quite a bit in this spot. So I guess since I like that, I should be okay with a stack, but it feels a little play- weird playing Justin Herbert. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if I had to go like completely, completely off the board, I guess a, a chargers passing game stack is something I would be okay. With okay. As well. I like it. I'm okay with that off the board. Uh, Christy, how about you? You have anything that is, you can just go ahead and start with your favorite and then let me know if you got something sneaky. Yeah. 
Okay, so my favorite is uh, Seattle and Dallas, of course, but I, I forgot to actually mention when we were on running backs, um, one of my favorite running back plays um, on the week is actually Chris Carson. And I just think he's going to be overlooked this week because everyone's going to be looking at, you know, the passing game. Yeah. And he has absolutely dominated um, since the start of the year. He's gotten some receiving touchdowns, which um, is, is really great to see. But especially on DraftKings, his price is right. And he is probably one of my tournament plays. I wrote him up on, on my tournament play article this week. So I did want to mention that. Um, I think a lot of people will be focusing on, of course, Lockett and uh, Metcalf, rightfully so. Um, but definitely don't overlook him. So I, I think that's a great game stack and there are some ways to get creative so that you aren't getting all the chalk in there um, on your tournament lineups. Okay, excellent. Guys, we've got 10 minutes left or so, 11 minutes, and we can get into some questions. If you want to go on a rant, if you want to kind of veer us off, that's fine because we got plenty of time for it. Uh, don't forget, by the way, sign up for the Crunch Time Tournament. Devin just popped those links there into the chat. Also, uh, you can get... Uh, we've got a deal going on if you want to become a Roto-Grinders premium member. So good time to sign up there as well. Let's get to these questions. I will start with JMVP and we'll start with Christy. He says, Hayden on FanDuel Cash, any interest? Hayden Hurst? Yes. Yes. Um, yeah, I think he's okay. I think, you know, the lower mid-tier is probably where I'm looking at cash, but I think he's fine there. All right. D. Kinder says, in cash, is it bad to have Hopkins, Drake, and Murray in the same lineup? That's a great question. No, it's not. It's not bad. You can okay. you can totally do that. And uh, along the similar lines, we had the question if you can play uh, two Seattle receivers, especially on on FanDuel. Um, the Seattle receivers are just way too cheap. Yes, you can play both Seattle receivers in the same lineup in cash. Okay. All right. Uh, Emma Love says Roth has come so far. Much love, B. Thank you. I, I'm not <laughs> sure where I, where I came from, but thank you. Uh, EC says, DK Cash, you want Lamb or Deontay Johnson, Christy? I would say, oh boy. Yeah, they are priced similarly. I'd probably say Deontay Johnson. All right. Fit Crooks, DK Cash question for you, Tuttle. Singletary Hurst or Drake and Logan Thomas? Uh, Drake and Logan Thomas. All right. Flores Mark, DK GPP. What $5,000 or lower running back? I've got McKinnon. Or should I change him? I do think McKinnon is a good play under there. I, I found myself on a couple of builds with you utilizing him. Okay. Yeah. MD also asking about McKinnon. So good to know. Uh, Dirk Dombeck says, is Hopkins fadable in cash? Great question. He's, he is the chalk. Tuttle, is he fadable? Yeah. And I kind of went over this too. Um, when I did the, when we did the wide receiver section, I think a lot of people will be on a build on DraftKings specifically where it's like a KJ Hamler and DeAndre Hopkins or a CD lamb and Deontay Johnson. And I'm personally on that second one. So I am fading Hopkins in cash and I'm going with the CD lamb and Deontay Johnson route. Okay. I am of course on the chalky one and that's even in tournaments. Cause I am a fish. Uh, we'll go to, let's see, Frederick. He says, DKGBP, Adam Humphreys, or do I go cheap with Hamler? We've, we've discussed Hamler a bit. Chris, do you have a preference there? You know, I, I do like Humphreys quite a bit, actually. And I, I did write him up as an art or in my article too. Um, he's been getting just as many targets as Corey Davis. And I think he is a very sneaky play today. So I, I, I have interest in Humphreys. I think they're both good plays though. Good stuff. All right. We'll go to Alex. You want A-Rob or Lockett in DK Cash? Tuttle, you said you were kind of high on Lockett. 
Yeah, it's Lockett for me if, if forced to choose between the two. I I think you could technically play both if you found a, a build that you like that has both. But if it's between the two, it's Lockett for me. Okay. Gary says, any interest in Kelly and DK for value over Eckler? Yeah, I think that, yeah, I think that works. Okay. We'll, we'll get back to the old uh, Discord here. All right. Fit Crooks says, DK Cash. Tyler Lockett and the Eagles D or Calvin Ridley and the Jets D. I like Tyler Lockett, Eagles I do D. Too. Yeah. Okay. Uh, GG says any love for Stafford? Christy, you got any love for Stafford? I do. I, we, we didn't mention him, but I, I think he is a great play, especially that game, you know, we're expecting it to project pretty high in, in order for, you know, if Stafford needs to keep up, he's going to be throwing the ball quite a bit. So I like yeah. that play a lot. Great. All right, we'll go to Trobe. He says, FanDuel Cash, Kyler and DK, uh, P.S. I have Lockett, versus Cam and Thielen. Say that again? He's uh, he's already got Lockett. He says, should I go Kyler and DK Metcalf or Cam and Thielen? Kyler and DK for me. All right. Let's see. Bazinga says, in a world where A.J. Green connects for all these air yards he's accumulating... Or do you think Keenan Allen is a better one-off in large field GPPs? We'll leave it at that. Christy, um, AJ Green or Keenan Allen, it sounds like, in a large field GPP. I, yeah, we didn't mention AJ Green. I do think he makes a good play today because he has he's certainly been getting targeted. And um, yeah, let's, let's go with AJ Green. Okay. Um, we'll go to greatness. FanDuel GPP. Is it crazy to go with Stafford Jones with Nuke? I, I don't know how to pronounce that. I never understand it. It's, you know, it's DeAndre Hopkins nickname and I just feel uncomfortable yeah, trying to say it. It's just nuke. Yeah, it's but nuke. Nuke is N-U-K-E. Like if you're going to nuke something. Yeah, I know. <laughs> David, uh, David Kitchen used to call him Nuck on accident and it was hilarious. Oh, so, see that. I'm glad. Didn't do that. <laughs> yeah. I just don't feel comfortable with that word. Uh, so FanDuel GBB, is it crazy to go with a Stafford Jones with DeAndre Hopkins nuke coming back? No, nope, not at all. No, not at all. In fact, I think it's great just because you get a good savings with Stafford. It allows you to, you know, spend up at another receiver or running back. Okay, good. Scotch says, QQ, Christy, Drake and Amari Cooper or Singletary and Hopkins? I would say, oh, I would say Drake and Amari Cooper. It's like Nuck if you buck. I know that's Nuck, but new, yeah. I just don't, I don't see how that's, I don't understand it. <laughs> Uh, Jay Frey, DK GPP Malone. Uh, that's, that's baseball. We're not, we're not in baseball. Sorry, buddy. Uh, <laughs> Preston says any interest in Atkins in a tight end in DK cash Atkins, you on the Atkins diet? I haven't found myself with any builds with him this week. I found some of the other cheap plays that I like, but, uh, I don't know about you Tuttle. Atkins. I have no idea who that is. Is that even a person? Atkins. Oh, uh, uh, no, I'm not. I, was, I'm, I couldn't put two to get two together. No, uh, I'm not a huge fan of Jordan Akers. Jake Jordan Akins. What's sad is that I, is, there's not even a T in it. I don't know why I read it that way. I just, <laughs> it wasn't even a typo. Like, what's I going just, on? I just misread it. Um, let's see. All right. Uh, Michael says Jordan Reed. Didn't he, yeah. didn't he explode last week? He did. Last he week? did. Yeah. yeah. He wasn't. Yeah. My one good play. Hooray. (laughs) 
I think I, I'm fine with it, especially if he's kind of a last piece in your lineup. He's not someone that I'm probably focusing on, but I'm okay with it. All right. Uh, Flores Marx says, can you start both Jeff Wilson and McKinnon? Can you play them both? No, oh, I would I definitely not do that. No. No, that's a no from both. Okay, good stuff. Uh, Moitoy says, Dak or Russ in a GPP? Both of those are kind of chalky, but which one do you want in a GPP? I'm leaning Russ, but I do like both of them, but I just think Russ is, you know, has, has the most potential this week. Oh, okay. I thought we were talking baseball. Hey, uh, Malone or Berrios? You, you were thinking Jose. Well, I just saw Berrios, and I'm just, you know, I'm locked into to baseball mode. Anyways, uh, Malone or Berrios? I don't even know what the heck the question was. I'm not, a, I'm not on either one, personally. Yeah, all right. Yeah, those guys are baseball players. Ignore them. Uh, and <laughs> whoever said did Roth, have the touchdown last week, if you want who, to chase the touchdown. Whoever said Roth has come a long way is seriously regretting saying that at this point. <laughs> uh, let's see. Mm-hmm. Nick says, uh, Tuttle, you want Singletary and Lamb or Henry and Camler on DK? Singletary Lamb. Preston says, DK Cash, Lamb or Gage, Christy? I would say Lamb. Clay Melton says, what are your thoughts on Drew Sample? Oh, yeah. I've seen a lot of people mention Sample. Did we talk about him yet? Not really. He's Not fine. Really. Like, he's He's okay. He's- a ton of people in chat have been saying sample. Yeah. I do think he on DraftKings in particular, I think he's $3,500. I think, you know, I think he makes a lot of sense there. I'm probably not going to play him on FanDuel, but yeah, I mean, I, he, he's the tight end there. So I think he's going to get a lot of targets for sure. Okay, great. Uh, yep. That's me says DK cash question for you. Tuttle Zeke Jordan Reed or Carson and Either Waller or Smith, John Jonu Smith, Jonu Smith. Uh, Z, Z Jordan Reed. Okay, good. I'm glad you chose the easier one. Uh, uh-huh. All right, Jay says, who's a better play in DK? Oh, we did that one. We'll go to Steve. DK Cash question for you, Christy. Zeke and Jordan. Oh, that's the same one. What are your thoughts on Darius Slayton, Christy? I like Darius Slayton a lot. I really do. I think I think he makes a great play on both sides. I do too, for what it's worth. So you may want to <laughs> avoid it at that point. Uh, hey, we've got about a minute into lock, I do believe. Is that accurate? Minute and a half. And we've caught up on most of the questions that I see. So if you've got a question, go ahead, get it in there. Uh, you know what I do that's terrible? I just always play the wrong stack. I try to get sneaky with like the core part of my lineup instead of playing a good core and then plugging in some sneaky plays. I just play like Daniel Jones. And that just kill you know, like right off the bat, you're done. You just play all the sneaky plays. Yeah, I just, I need to get better at NFL. Uh, Chult says, what do you think about Haskins, Gibson, Washington D in a GPP that lets you fit everything? I mean, I don't think it's crazy in a large field GPP, you know. It, lo- it definitely allows you to, to spend up on the receivers and running backs. Uh, I've, uh, Nick says, I've got 400 left. Do I upgrade from Kyler to Dak? I've got Lamb, but no Arizona wide receivers, only Kenyon Drake. I'm fine with Kyler over Dak. Um, I would take Kyler over Dak straight up. There you go. I'm glad we got that in because he said, please, please, please answer my question. Uh, what are your thoughts on Golden Tate? I'd rather play Darius Slayton, actually. Excellent. Uh, sample or Thomas in cash from Chris? Thomas for me. 
Crazy Coop says, I need a conviction play, single entry 5K. No, just a conviction. Sorry about the 5K. It's just a conviction play. That's the question. Give me your conviction play, Christy. Uh, is it DK or? It's DK, I think. Carson. There you go. All right. And we have hit the lock. Uh, I think we know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think we nailed it uh, personally. At least you guys did. Um, hey, we're going to take some more questions because there's things like late swap. There's things like strategy questions. If you ever have a strategy question, these are the people to ask. They are so incredibly smart. I am a uh, low level to moderate level DFS player. And sometimes I just just talking to you guys, I learn things that my brain had never even processed, never even thought about. So if you guys have strategy questions, bring them out. Now is the time. Um, any issues with using three Cardinals, Christy? No, I don't. DK Cash? Yeah, no. Mm-hmm. We, we talked about that too. That's uh, We actually had a old Don, Dan Bach came into our RG projections chat because uh, our optimal lineup was spitting out three three Cardinals. It was like, this, mm-hmm. is, this is right. It's, Arizona has one of the most heavily concentrated offenses in the league between Kyler, DeAndre Hopkins, and Kenyon Drake. They're one of the highest scoring offenses in the league. You know they're going to run a ton of plays, and a lot of those plays are going to run through three guys. So, yeah, no problem at all. Okay. Interesting. That's good stuff there. Uh, Let's see. Switch it over here. You know, we've got three chats ongoing, Devin. We have three chats it's pretty, you know, it's tough. Um, Daniel Porter says Gallup or Fitzgerald, Christy. Do you have a preference there? I would say Gallup. Jumping between chats right now. All right. With that, that's all the questions. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know what else we're supposed to do. We gave the people supposed the to place. go watch football is what we're supposed I to think go you're do. you're probably right. I think we should get on out of here and go watch a little <laughs> bit of football. Uh, so for Tuttle, for Christy, for Devin, always working hard behind the scenes. Guys, we appreciate you. We love you. Sign up for Roto Grinders if you haven't already. It's a, it's a big family party every time. We'll catch you next time. You have been crunched.